I don't I don't remember consenting to recording myself for a podcast. I didn't know this is how podcasts work. Hey folks, today's episode's once again brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial by going to www.audibletrial.com slash epic fails. Epic with a K. Uh, so what's everyone drinking today? I am currently drinking uh, a traditional grog, which is... Oh, nice. It, it's uh, a part rum, a part sugar a part lime juice, and water to top over ice. Uh, it is the traditional English grog recipe, and it is delicious. And it is one of the first, I would say cocktails, because it's it's a sugar and it's alcohol. There's no bitter, there's no flavoring ingredient, but it's pretty much a cocktail. That's it's the awesome. base for a lot of different cocktails, too. When you start subbing out things, when you sub out the water for different alcohols or different bitters and stuff like that, you have like a daisy or a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, no, I, I figure we're talking about pirates i should drink some grog yeah i, I actually uh, was gonna drink rum but i realized i drank all my rum so it doesn't taste too bad oh no it's the rum and the water make sure you think oh it just waters it down but i mean if you're drinking a high proof rum it's it's gonna bring it down to like a drinkable level especially if you're starting with like a pusser's where it's not like a 151 but you're like up at that 120 level now i'm drinking a uh florida Kanye, which is not a high proof rum so it's actually a little watered down but the sugar mm. like i mean like it's a it's a teaspoon of sugar it's it's a lot of sugar for what it is uh and then <laughs> yeah i mean and then the lime juice i'm using key lime juice because i didn't have regular limes in hand today but it uh it's a good sub and i'm enjoying it my wife thought it was a little bitter but i thought it's damn good well if you want to go really authentic with it you need to let it sit for like six months Oh, yeah, like well, I need really... to use spoiled water from my backyard that's <laughs> <Yes>. not filtered. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Some pond water. Sake. That's different. Comes in this fancy bottle, and it's very, very smooth, and it's also very, very strong. So it was either that or more Patron, and I'm a little Patroned out at the moment. I should just ask Corey, like, where do you get anything? <laughs> Corey gets, like, For Japanese real. gasoline. <laughs> Uh, dude, you really are just drunk on the internet all the time, you smelly peasant. I have weird alcohol taste. I can drink anything, but I, like, I don't, I've, I never, like, own scotch, even though I'll drink it, you know? I don't own whiskey, even though I'll drink it. I've got scotch, some rums, scotch, and scotch. we have a bunch of wine and beers, and I love then you've scotch. got my tequila and sake. And it's, like, <laughs> it's just very random. I don't know why I'm drawn to those two. I'm an equal opportunity alcoholic. I actually have a sake serving set, too, so I like sake. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> get a little, little glassy, like a little pour, and you're like, you know, come by, give me more. So, <laughs> Eric, what are you yeah. drinking? Uh, so, I've actually got a Captain Morgan coconut rum, nice and fancy, uh, somewhat appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's more the South Beach than pirate. <laughs> was it? Was it? Wait, hold, hold on, time out, Zach. Was that reaction to Captain Morgan coconut? Or rum, or some combination of those three things. Rum, Co coconut in general, I don't like, but coconut rum. I had a bad time in college with coconut rum. That, that was, <laughs> oh man, it was, it was Bacardi, I believe. I, coconut. I haven't had yeah. vodka in like twenty years because of one yeah. specific afternoon. Mm -hmm. it, it, it'll it'll ruin you. That sounds intense. Mm -hmm. It was well when you're in college, you tend to be stupid. Well, I'm stupid now. Yep. I was stupider back in college. <laughs> different and we were levels having of a, stupid. But different levels, and we were um, we had people over to the apartment, and there was still some Bacardi uh, in in a bottle, and I handed the bottle to my friend, and we had like some little juice bottles also, and I said, "Here, make mix us some drinks." You know, 
thinking that he would take a little bit of the Picardi and pour it in the glasses with the the separate juices so that we had whatever, this Picardi juice, coconut, whatever. No, he took what was left of the bottle and divvied it up between the two juices. So it was maybe (laughs) half Bacardi coconut or more in each drink. And being in college when you're dumb, you go, well, I can't waste that. Clearly, I need to drink it. Yeah, I drank that twice, down oh, and man. up. It was awful. <laughs> oh, that! And then the next day, when I'm hungover and feeling like absolute garbage, we're driving to Boston for for Metallica and Godsmack. So, <laughs> oh, that was, sounds like fun, though. It was a lot of fun not when in you're that not shape, no, yeah. <laughs> when you're not in that shape. Yeah, exactly. So everybody yeah. had a good time. I had an okay time. But tonight, I'm not doing that. Tonight, I'm just finishing up my, my Boston lager for pregame. But my what I've been looking for, for, looking forward to, is my Ballast Point Victory at Sea. It is a barrel-aged oh. imperial porter with coffee and vanilla flavors. Uh, it's got a um, naked skeleton driving a, uh, a pirate ship. So I figured it would, uh, it would be appropriate, and it's 12%. <laughs> All right. Oh, nice. So, swiggity swooty, I am here for some booty. I'm Eric Slater. I'm Justin Aki. I'm Chris Carroll. And this is Epic Fails of History. A podcast that delves into the most epic fails of, um, history. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. The only thing we have to fear is... Or when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. Epic fails. Merchant and pirate were, for a long period, one and the same person. Even today, mercantile morality is really nothing but a refinement of piratical morality. Friedrich Nietzsche. Now that I think about it, I don't believe sake is at all appropriate so yeah on that note welcome back to epic fails of history i'm eric slater uh, i'm joined once again by chris carroll hey everybody justin aki hey what's up and a special guest appearance from zach derby Ooh, that's me hey. i'm that guy yay i get i got <laughs> welcomed oh it was great i feel so happy get out Yes. Well, it's been fun. See you guys. I gotta, I gotta go edit some Ghostbusters two or something. So, Zach, this is your first time on this podcast. But if you listen to Correct. any of the other podcasts I'm involved in, Zach and I have actually done quite a bit of shows together in the last few Without months. Without even directly doing them together, it was weird because we did a bunch of. It was mostly podcasters assemble, but yeah. then we've done. I don't know what's actually been released at this point. Well, podcasters disassembled has the first episode. Yeah, the first episode. But I don't know if our uh, commentary has at this point when this gets released. So I don't. I don't know. By your the time schedule. this comes out, maybe we'll we'll, we'll see. <laughs> May God have mercy on your souls. 
We Maybe. so we did a com- we did a movie commentary and there were some technical difficulties which kind of made the work exponential. Uh, so it is something that's going to come out one day. I just can't really predict when at the moment. Anyone that knows me knows that I like to give myself too much work. So we'll we'll mm-hmm. just see. You know, it usually works out. But yeah, since this is your first time on the show, Zach, I wanted to ask, what do you think is one of the most epic fails in history? Oh, uh, besides Trump <laughs> and no Hitler and. And Hitler's out immediately. So one of the biggest ones that I can think of is back in, I think it was 2000, Blockbuster had the opportunity to actually buy Netflix. That's right. You know, <laughs> you know Blockbuster, you know. Zach, you might not know this, but both Eric and I worked there for years. Yes. <laughs> yes, you guys. Well, here's, I'm well uh, you aware know, of what you're talking about. I know exactly where you're going with this. Since you both work there, a sidebar, do you know wh- why we call hit movies blockbusters? Little history question for you. Uh, I-, I assumed because people would stand around the block. I assumed it was because of the lines. Yeah, maybe. So no? the reason why... The term actually goes back to World War II because it was a type of bomb that was so powerful it could decimate a city block. The name caught on. People started using it to describe anything explosive or extravagant. And the first blockbuster was used to describe films that were bold or noteworthy. Back in 1943, Time Magazine said critics were calling the movie Mission to Moscow, quote, as explosive as a blockbuster, and then it became synonymous after that with box office success <laughs> through the 50s and so on and so forth. That's kind of dark. That's so interesting. I guess it's kind of like the term uh, viral, you know, which also kind of mm-hmm. has dark origins. <laughs> it's yes. funny, Zach, that, that Eric and I are two of the biggest movie nerds alive, and neither one of us knew that at all. So bravo to you. Yeah, sir. thank you. Thank I you. feel really stupid right yeah, now. Yeah, and I should have known that having, you know, the history background on top of that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Here, here's the thing. My real job is I work in radio, so a lot of what I get is just tidbits of information every once in a while. And every so often something comes across your plate and you go, huh, I wonder if I could ever use that. And then when something like this comes up, you go, oh, I bet I remember this one thing that I heard once. I should go look that up. <laughs> and, I, and I still kind of remembered it. That's good. Uh, so that's back awesome. to 2000, when you guys were working at Blockbuster, you know, Netflix was up and coming, and Netflix was offered the Blockbusters for, I think, around $50 million back in 2000. Right now, it's worth, I think, somewhere between 25 and $30 billion at the moment. But the fact yeah. that Blockbuster, of its time, like back then, looked at it and said, nah, we're going to continue with what we're doing nobody's going to want to do this whole mail in your DVD thing. And then all of a sudden it took off. And then look what Blockbuster started doing. They started doing it. Oh, yeah, almost m- immediately after. Immediately. Online. And honestly, I, I was doing Netflix for a bit, and I actually did try doing the Blockbuster for, for a little while because I could actually go and drop it off at yeah. my yeah. local Blockbuster. And that actually was a, a kind of what made it attractive is instead of mailing it, waiting for Netflix to get it, to then log it, to then send me my next one, oh, I could just go to the store and drop it, and then they'll mail me my next disc from wherever yeah that was super convenient and also when netflix i think started started doing their streaming or just before that blockbuster had a um 
an exclusive similar on-demand with um, Dish Network. The problem was there was no yeah. easy search bar or any way to find something because I actually had Dish Network at the time and I thought, well, this is awesome. Blockbuster is jumping ahead of Netflix. It's right here. It's on demand. I can find movies for free. But you couldn't because you had no search option. You had to browse. Oh, that's so frustrating. Oh, God. Tied to what you're saying, in addition to having the opportunity to buy Netflix before, it, you know, it really killed them. They also had an opportunity right when it was launching to own Redbox. Oh, my God. The same people that said... No one's going to want to get their disc through the mail. Thought, who's going to just drive up to a vending machine and get a disc? And these things happen within, I want to say, like two years of each other. It's all the same people. Yep. Um, and this is around the time that they hired a new, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was CEO, uh -huh. who was mm -hmm. the guy who had just been fired for bankrupting Pizza Hut. Yeah, that was that guy. Yeah, was so that the 7-Eleven yeah. guy? I don't remember anything about 7-Eleven. that no, he he okay. had been booted from Pizza Hut because he like drove them into the ground. And Blockbuster was like, "Hey, we like things that are you know sinking ships that are also on fire and <laughs> pouring toxic gas into the water. Come join us." I want to say it was within a year that Netflix and Redbox, or at least one of those two things, had happened. And then another one was right after that. And then Eric, that is when they started to get really aggressive with uh, the pre-sales mm -hmm. and the uh, all the crazy extra stuff that was in the store. But I digress. Yeah. It was a little bit mm -hmm. much. That whole period no, was I really interesting it was like pure chaos from corporate do you guys know there is one last blockbuster video rental store do you know where it's located uh it, it's oregon around. it's in oregon right is it it is Pencil oregon no it's Sorry. in oregon was there was another one <laughs> up in alaska but that one closed about six months ago or so yep that one closed six months ago uh, months ago as of april of 2021 or march of 2021 there's one left in bend Oregon. And yep, that's right. do you guys right. know how they are actually surviving? Selling t-shirts on the internet. No, they like rent yeah. it out. You can go like, that, it's like almost like an Airbnb, right? Uh, you both, Between the two of you, you guys have got it. What? Essentially, you can rent, you can still rent stuff if you want. They are selling t-shirts. You can go and rent the place out for sleepovers. And it's just based off of pure, pure nostalgia. So everyone that's in our oh. demo and age, you can go there and you're you're stepping back in time to the 90s, to the last blockbuster, and you can just, you know, probably not a whole lot right now with the given pandemic situation, <laughs> but you yeah. can you could go and have a huge sleepover with all your friends and you could be watching VHSs and DVDs in a blockbuster. And that's how they have been surviving, not just a pandemic, but in general right now. Sad face, it's though, kind of you're badass. unable to rent from that Blockbuster unless you are a resident of Bend, Oregon, because they don't want people walking yes. out with their product because oh, they yeah, cannot get rentable product anymore. <laughs> Correct. Because that's, th that's, what, yeah. that's a, what's wrong with the human race is you see something good and you're like, oh, I want a piece of that. I want to own it and keep it on my shelf. What, does, what good is it for you to have a single Blockbuster VHS or DVD just because <laughs> you can say that you got it? You're a douche. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty crazy to think about, you know. That was definitely an epic fail. That was a different time, and they, they dropped the ball. That was a big fail. It's yeah. funny. It was, like, right around the same time, like, all the stuff that we grew up with started either drastically changing or just dying outright. And it was, like, mm -hmm. the early 2000s, it felt like, oh, man, it's uh, everything's still fine, and you know, except for geopolitically, of course. 
Um, and then <laughs> around like the, you know, 2008 or so, it was like, oh no, it's already breaking down. Like everything's on fire. Everything's ruined. And I guess I can see where the nostalgia for that era comes from so quickly. Oh, 2008, thinking everything was on fire. You had no idea what was coming. Oh no, that yeah, we, yeah. So I used to live in a very poor neighborhood and I used to walk up to Redbox once a week and there was no Blockbuster in the area. You know why? Because the Blockbuster closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after mm-hmm. I found out that yep. digi- that like physical media was dumb, I turned to piracy. <laughs> the segue. Uh, that's pretty good segue. <laughs> oh, ahoy, Leilani lovers. Welcome to the epic fails of history. I'm Captain McGee, and I'll be your guide through these treacherous waters today. Feast your eyes on this terrible tale of woe as we sail the seven seas. Aye, it be true that me and me crewmates and all the other pirates were a bunch of scurvy bill rats. But we fought for freedom from tyranny. Hey, Captain! Captain! Don't interrupt the Captain when he's talking to a group of fine folk. Alas, me audience. Scurvy scoundrels and I, we did fail. They got us, marched us off to the gallows, and we were hung to feed the fishes. But... Dead men do tell tales. So journey me now onto our plunge into Davy Jones' locker. Uh, so today we're talking about the golden age of piracy. Uh, this is another one of those subjects that I always wanted to cover on the podcast. Uh, the timing just wasn't right for whatever reason. I actually did a three-part article series about pirates uh, a few years back. Uh, we put together an Epic Fails miniseries as a class project with Devin Seymour and Mel Buck. The first episode we did was actually on pirates and it's on youtube if you're really really bored i'll have a link to it in the show notes so i guess it was just a matter of time before we dove into the subject once again here on the podcast also i want to apologize ahead of time for having like 13 pages of notes (laughs) thanks thanks eric (laughs) (laughs) just in case you were you know feeling nostalgic for uh homework (laughs) 13 pages of notes and not a goddamn picture anywhere what the hell eric it's all words. <laughs> hey, well, at least with, with my articles, I try to put memes in and stuff. So, All right. So uh, pirates have technically been around forever. But when people talk about pirates, they're typically thinking about the golden age of piracy, which was roughly from like the 1650s to the 1730s. And the real pirates of the Caribbean were much less Disney friendly. Uh, they're a lot more like, you know, biker gang from Sons of Anarchy. Which real quick, Sons of Anarchy is not a good representation of a biker gang. Or pirates. <laughs> Yes, true. Look at these pirates on their motorcycles. Less guns, more meth. (laughs) Sons of Anarchy's accurate depiction of a biker gang in the way that Breaking Bad is an accurate depiction of a chemistry teacher. Yes. (laughs) I watched Sons of Anarchy and I was very entertained by it, but no, it is anyone who knows anything about the clubs knows it's not accurate, but it's good entertainment. (laughs) Maybe that's a bad reference. (laughs) It's actually really good. Uh, A better reference would be Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was actually That's, really cool. That was the best Sons of Anarchy game I ever played. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually finally got around to that game earlier this year on PS3. I know PS5's oh. coming out, but I'm retro like that. Coming out? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's, it's already out. out. It's becoming acquired potentially yeah it's hard to get apparently it's my brother thing. has one it's freaking sweet 
Don't forget, nice. Eric's in a part of the country where, I mean, everything's a little backwards and slower, like his internet. So <laughs> <laughs> the more you pay, the slower it gets, right? It's like golf. <laughs> and his neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, I always find it kind of funny that like we like kids dress up as pirates for Halloween. And like when you really read about like the real like pirate, the actual pirates that existed in history, it, it feels kind of weird, you know, to have. <laughs> kids dress up as them you know well it's uh, almost the same as like uh wild west characters like the cowboys yeah you know exactly. american same myth, kind of the thing. same thing what happened was you know film and and mm-hmm. books for pirates i think more than anything but they pop culture influenced the way they were viewed to the point where it was changed enough where you know it didn't really match the truth it's like that little bit from the man who shot liberty valance you know when you know when the legend is bigger than the truth print the legend or whatever. I, I'm paraphrasing because I, I forget the exact quote. But no, yeah, the imagery became the swashbuckler, you know, the buccaneer versus the, you know, scurvy ridden, <laughs> toothless, stinky. Like, yeah, I just want a woman. You know, all that. That's like they uh, they probably weren't the greatest dudes in the world necessarily. I'm not saying they were all horrible, but much in the same way, cowboys and, and you know people on the frontier, for the most part, were pretty awful and we romanticize it as well, most of the cowboys were ex ex uh, confederate slave owners they wanted to yeah. fleet out west out. to <laughs> try to strike a new one where they could depress somebody else oh man i can't yeah. wait for like in a couple centuries when they make a movie about americans and they're having the exact same conversation <laughs> <laughs> those hedge fund traders good god no <laughs> <laughs> Look at their fossil fuels. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when you get when you get into the real story, it's obviously going to be far from black and white. The pirates, of course, were seen as the bad guys to the governments of the time, but they were often seen as kind of Robin Hood types to a lot of the common folk. But what's really interesting when you really dig in, what's really interesting about this whole era is that it was actually started by the European monarchies themselves, basically hiring privateers, which were essentially legally sanctioned pirates, to steal from their rivals' navies, mostly Spain, which of course eventually backfired like crazy. <laughs> well, nothing a European monarchy tried in this, you know, 17th and 18th centuries ever backfired. So that's crazy that that would happen. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, most of these early pirates were uh, French buccaneers targeting the Spanish riches that were being hauled from the New World. So the Spanish were stealing from the Americas and the French were stealing from the Spanish. And then eventually the British and the Dutch decided to get in on the action as well. They were getting kind of jelly, Dutch. I guess. So. The Dutch! <laughs> <laughs> this is before they had dikes. <laughs> Don't those hold back water? Oh, wait, another. Oh, wait. I'm confused. <laughs> Following the war for the Spanish succession, many veterans found themselves out of work and decided to turn to piracy to make a living. In 1715, 11 Spanish galleons were taken out by a hurricane off the coast of Florida, spreading plunder across the coast and leading to a massive influx of piracy in the Caribbean. Real quick, do you guys pronounce it Caribbean or Caribbean? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I bounce back and forth. I pronounce it Disney. Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. Either, I think by default I go Caribbean, just because that's what I've heard mostly up here. Gotcha. I'll know what you say if you say Caribbean. I've always said Caribbean, but it's. I don't think there's a right answer. The only thing to do is we got to make a time machine. We got to go back to the 1715s. Got to ask a pirate. 
<laughs> well, they're speaking Dutch. How are you going to understand them? Uh, far, fuck the <laughs> Dutch, I point. forgot. Does anyone, any of you guys speak the Spaniard? Say, some of them are English. Some of them are English. Yeah, but English was different back then. Yeah, do you, does anybody around here speak 18th century British? <laughs> <laughs> and they were drunk on top of that. Yeah. So, you know, good luck understanding that. Oh, God, we know a couple podcasts from the UK. I could reach out to, like, Chat Smash or someone drunk like oh. that. I bet they'd know how to speak. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Parliament really started to take notice right about the time that the pirates started intercepting the Atlantic slave trade. So a lot of the pirates would actually free the slaves that they came across, many of who would actually join their crews. So would they free them in hoping that they'd join the crew, but then if they didn't, they'd be like, ah, enjoy your swim toss them overboard or whatever it depends so yeah there's different accounts uh, blackbeard was known i think it was blackbeard or maybe black sam bellamy uh one of the two was known to give them a choice either you know continue being enslaved or join us so it, it kind of wasn't much of a choice <laughs> in a lot of cases but a lot of them would like gladly join them like to have a chance to get back at the people you know, that put them in the situation. Uh, yeah, that's not much of a choice. It was like uh, the enemy, my enemy is my friend kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, also, if you think, okay, it's fine, they attack a ship and they release all the slaves on the ship and say they don't kill any of the crew or captain. Well, you have a lot more slaves on a ship than you do a crew or captain. So uh, it's not really going to be a good thing for the other people. True. Yeah. There's this really great quote, actually, from uh, Black Sam Bellamy from the time. Uh, he said, Damn ye all together. <laughs> Damn them for a pack of crafty rascals. And you have served them for a parcel of hen-hearted numbskulls. They vilify us, the scoundrels do, when there is only this difference. They robbed the poor under the cover of law, forsooth, and we plundered the rich under protection of our own courage. Had you not better made one of us, then sneak out of the asses of those villains for unemployment. Well done, sir. Well done. That was I, actually really good. <laughs> I, I, will do, I will now do the next one. I have been... <laughs> I feel empowered now to be a pirate. All right. I, is there another quote? Now I'm excited. I, I am so. drinking grog. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you have he's, chan he's channeling pure piratism from the 1715s <laughs> through his grog. So right around uh, 1717, uh, King George I of England officially outlawed piracy, Boo. even though they kind of started it, because things were really getting out of hand at this point, and it was starting to interrupt maritime trade. So uh, here's the thing, though. The English and everybody, it wasn't they weren't pirates. They were privateers. They were in service of the other person's navy, like... You know, it, he can ban piracy all he wants, but that just prevents people from not being on his payroll and doing this. Either that or it allows him to, like, legally take out the competition. Like, you're not supposed it's, to be doing this. It, it's always him. been illegal to be a pirate, but it, if you're a privateer, it's a whole different story. True. Yeah. That's different. It's a, it, You're getting paid then, right? Officially? Uh, you're getting paid in the plunder of the stuff that you steal. That's a <laughs> yeah, you payment. <laughs> I think they, like, had to give up, like, a certain percentage or something. I'm not sure. I'm afraid we need to use math. But then the pirates were like, well, I guess we could just keep all of it. And then, you know, yeah. uh, no, there was only uh, one gold necklace on the ship. I'm sorry, dude. There was just a bunch of people. One gold necklace. <laughs> nothing else. Uh, oh, the 30 cannons on my deck that weren't there before. No, no, I, I, I got mm. those in the Caribbean. <laughs> I found, I found mm. them. <laughs> they were floating. They were here the entire time. You never noticed? She walked right by him. <laughs> Do you like my cannon? <laughs> uh, 
so during this period, two of the most influential pirate captains at the time were Henry Jennings and Benjamin Hornigold. And the two were actually rivals. Um, and Hornigold ended up being Blackbeard's mentor while Jennings was Charles Vane's. Uh, they'll come up a little bit later. I was going to say, I know who Blackbeard is. I about to say, yeah, Blackbeard, Not I recognize. Any of those other Charles Vane's? Mm, nope. Neither. <laughs> same for Henry Jennings or Benjamin Hornigold. Guys need to read more pirate books. I guess so. <laughs> Everything I know about pirates, I learned from Disney or Sea of Thieves. That's my experience. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess Hook would be Disney. Huh? Well, that makes you the perfect candidate to take the next segment All right. about pirate myths. <laughs> Ooh, pirate myths. All right, so think of what you know. A lot of what we know actually comes from one place. The 1724 book titled A General History of the Pirates. That was by Daniel Defoe under the pseudonym Captain Charles Johnson, which actually mixed in a lot of what we consider urban legends. Now, when you think of pirates, guys, and when they are getting rid of somebody off their ship, what do they do? Make them walk the plank. Walk the plank. Walk the plank, you scurvy. Whatever. Dogs. Build rats. <laughs> you scurvy build rat. Well, walking the plank was uh, completely made up. Pirates did. They did, however, have some pretty awful tortures, uh, though including burning one's eyes out, keel hauling. I believe that's what, that's when they drag you behind the boat, right? No, no. Keel hauling well, is a, a lot bit worse. worse. Yeah, it? they, they strap hauling. you... Underneath, so they, they tie a rope, they throw you over one side, and they pull the rope on the other side. So you're underneath on the keel of the ship, and then That's they roll it. you back and forth against all the yeah. barnacles and bad wood and splinters and everything. It's And you're in salt water. Keep in mind, this is the Caribbean and the Atlantic. This is, yeah, and so if you don't drown first, you're going to get scraped up to haul to get out. It's like putting someone over a meat grinder. Oh, well, at least you're cleaning the underside of the ship. I mean, come on, take one for the team. <laughs> Also, yeah, of course, they would maroon people on a desert island. Or my very favorite, and this is, of course, 100% accurate, and not me just throwing it in there because I love the movie, <laughs> but the boo box. <laughs> a couple of you got it. Perfect. Can we speak of the marooning on desert island? A lot of the Caribbean yeah. at the time was actually sandbars or uh, what's that? Coastal sandbars or coastal uh, islands. So at high tide... They, they would go away. Mm -hmm. they, I wouldn't even qualify <laughs> them as islands, but here you go. Oh, look, my island's disappearing. What <laughs> what this shit? And what's really crazy about the way they would do this is a lot of times they would give them a gun with one bullet, just in case. Well, it's not like they're reloading a Mac-10 there, buddy. They only had one <laughs> bullet to begin with. <laughs> Well, <laughs> true, true. But the the idea was that just imagine being put in that situation. Like, do I want to like slowly starve to death, or can I, or should I just put myself out of my misery? You'd probably die of exposure before you starve to death. Well, there's though there's always the hope that a ship just might happen upon you in that time. So it's kind of torturous just thinking about, you know, psychological, physical. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, do you have your pirate resume with you? If some guy pulls up like, Hey, you know, it's like, it's like a home Depot parking lot. You put your flag out. <laughs> oh my I already have a gun with one bullet guys. I can help you, <laughs> yeah, but I need right. to check your back references. I want to know why you're in the middle of the, uh, you know, this <laughs> Island. Yeah. You're welcome to join my team, but first we have to run your credit. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you had the scurvy? Oh man. <laughs> do you have any references? I think when people got scurvy, it was usually just the one time. <laughs> just, just the one time? Oh, good. Welcome <laughs> aboard. 
So what are the other things? Of course, synonymous with walking the plank. What do most pirates have on their face? Uh, sores. Eye patches? Very well, sores, of course. <laughs> Eye patch, thank you for... Beards! Be- yes, beards. That's another pirate myth. Eric, a beard. <laughs> Beards aren't real. Not in pirate days. That came later Aww. in 1812. <laughs> Fun fact, living on a boat means you can't grow a beard. Goddamn pirate hipsters. <laughs> oh, that does it. You grew a beard, you're going to get keel hauled. <laughs> he's a winch. So, <laughs> I run a tight ship. <laughs> That's going to come up later. Ooh. So a lot of pa- pirates actually did wear eye patches, but it's not for the reason that you would think. It wasn't because they lost an eye or had a wooden eye or whatever. It actually was a tactic, and it makes sense because if you're boarding another ship and you go below decks, guess where there's no light? below deck mm-hmm. or there's very little light so you're in a lot of darkness and i don't know about you guys but i'm old and my eyes don't adjust well so if i could slap an eye patch on <laughs> and then run below deck and immediately see who i need to stab i'm all for that yeah i don't know how that would work if if i was a pirate actually, it's it's brilliant if it did work and i i don't i have no reason to believe it wouldn't i mean i've never tested oh that, i I, actually, I think yeah, it's totally it's a thing you would literally just need to reverse the, you know, your your pack. Yeah. You would, as soon as you run downstairs, you'd close your eye, your other eye, whip your um, eye patch over. I'm. It's probably not. Perfect. I'm too clumsy for that. <laughs> yeah. I would stab well, myself in the eye by accident. Fall down the you're stairs. Not, you're not going to move it with your sword, Eric. <laughs> or your hook hand. Or your hook yeah. hand. How bad of a pirate are you? One one eye, hook hand, no sword. Peg legs, both. You've got beards and people are looking at you funny. <laughs> scurvy. <laughs> it's only my third time of scurvy. It gets better in the spring. You'll have to forgive me. It's my first day. <laughs> so, um, believe it or not, Pirate ships were actually, surprisingly, very democratic. They actually elected their captains, and they followed the Code of the Brethren, Mm -hmm. which would emphasize equal share among plunder and the concept of parley. In fact, at one point, Nassau had its very own pirate republic, which was made of a good, uh, made about 60 years before the American Revolution. Of course, when when you're out with a pirate, you're looking for some sweet, sweet booty, right, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Treasure maps. We use them in every pirate game. It's how you get around. It's whatever. It's in every book. There's always a a treasure map to the the big payoff. Well, it wasn't really a thing. I mean, maps themselves, of course, it's practical to a point. You need to figure out where you're going. But treasures, not so much back then. I mean, I don't know. Do you use treasure maps now? I imagine they didn't bury treasure all that often either. That seems pretty cool. You, you used it as fast as you possibly could. You bought new stuff. You got drunk. You bought, like, you know, a new ship. You, you fixed your ship. Yeah. Feed your crew. There's exactly one example of a pirate burying treasure, and we'll get to that later on the episode. But, yeah, it's not something that really happened all that often. <laughs> kind of a desperate move, you know. Again, another myth is whenever you're looting a ship or whatever you're taking, you always think, ah, it's a treasure chest, it's gold, that's what you need. Well, what is actually practical? What do you need to survive? You need water, you need food, you need medicine to treat that rash or scurvy or whatever you're dealing with Mm -hmm. for the umpteenth time. Syphilis. Syphilis. (laughs) Syphilis is very common with pirates. You would steal extra sails, you would steal extra wood. 
You would take anything not bolted down that would work for you, extra gunpowder? Right, ammunition. Anything yep. that can help you in your ongoing excursions to loot yeah. and plunder. All that water yep. and fat back and the wood and the wood for your stove. You're taking that stuff. They can starve to death for all you care. Yep. <laughs> hey, gold gold is great, but you're not gonna find gold on every ship you loot, but you are gonna take everything that you can. Exactly. Now, look at us. We're doing a podcast. You know, Justin's got his grog. I've got my victory at sea. Someone's drinking sake because why not? We're talking pirates. Let's <laughs> drink sake because that makes sense. So part of the reasons pirates had such a reputation for being drunk was because, you know what? They'd use alcohol to disinfect stagnant water on long voyages because we've got a lot That's of right. water. It gets stagnant. That's not good. That's just going to... Well, I'm not going to go into the details. You're not going to feel good. And I mean, they, they, you're in the middle of the ocean. You can't just drink you know, you, salt water. What are you yeah, going to do? You're already pooping yourself because of the bad food. You're going to poop yourself because of the water, too? Nah. You're going to poop yourself out of every orifice. Oh, yeah. And they had some bad you, food. You're, you're lucky if it was still food. Right. <laughs> A lot of times they would bring, uh, of course, meat and vegetables, all that. But if you if you think about these really long, like month long voyages, they didn't have refrigerators. That stuff was going to go bad real fast or what? worse, run out completely. They uh, did not so... have refrigerators. What <laughs> shoddy mechanics, you sheep said. What kind yeah. of carnival cruise is this? <laughs> not even one. Disney quality. Yeah, so uh, the food was terrible. Um, a, a major staple of uh, the pirate life was uh, salted meat. And sometimes that would be sitting out for, you know, weeks on end, uh, like covered in maggots and stuff. But it was just what they had. It's just a little green. Move on. And then they had this thing called hardtack, which was uh, just like a, a rock made of gluten. You know, like it was just <laughs> like <laughs> gross old flour and water. It was, yeah, not not a fun that, time. That doesn't seem healthy. Uh, and they also had this thing called bone soup, I think it was, where um, it was just like with the Native Americans, you, you used every part of the buffalo, you know? So whenever they had livestock and they, they ate the livestock, they, they literally, like, used every part. So that was, like, kind of, like, towards the end of the voyage. From the face to the anus. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine that would taste that great, though. Hey, Hepsters pay twenty seven fifty for that bone broth. I guess let's jump into some of the most infamous pirates. From the fake stuff to the real stuff. All right. Infamous is when you're more than famous. First one up we got is Henry Avery, also known as Long Ben. He was actually one of the most successful pirates in history. Uh, he started out as a disgruntled sailor in the British Navy, like a lot of pirates did. He mutinied him and his crew. Uh, they hijacked a Spanish ship called the Charles II which they then renamed the Fancy. Mm. And in Would you like to come aboard my <laughs> Fancy? Very nice. What's the name of your ship? Um, I'd rather not say. Oh, no, no. Do tell. No, 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 no. If you have a ship called the Fancy, you open up with every time. Have you been on my ship, the Fancy? <laughs> he goes by Long Ben, so I, I don't know what's yeah. going on there. But He's a tall fellow. <clears throat> he had a lot of male friends. <laughs> They looked up to him. <laughs> Aha, tall joke. Anyways, in 1695, Avery and five other pirate captains led a raid against an Indian fleet of 25 ships and captured a treasure ship with a massive trove of jewels, silver, and gold worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. Mm. Which is pretty nuts. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. 
so 20 I mean, how big of i don't know what it would be called but battles between your different ships and fleets how, like do you was there an overall amount that we know that it was not just 25 on 25 but like oh it was 100 on 100 i think this is like definitely one of the bigger battles I can also imagine, yeah, that some of the ships weren't armed ships because they had to carry so much gold and weight of things, and only a couple of ships were defending. So once you defeat the defenders and the other big old ships can't go as fast, you're like, hey, uh, pull over or I will murdercate you. <laughs> well, yeah, cannonballs <laughs> and gunpowder uh, weigh a bit. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, after this massive haul, he just kind of disappeared into obscurity. Instead of, you know, I guess trying to like, I don't know. It's it's kind of like when you, when you're if you're uh if you're gambling and you win a lot instead of like, you know, like doubling down and trying to like make more, like you just have to walk away at a certain point. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah, exactly. Quit while you're ahead. I don't know why I can't. Eric, are you have a problem coming up with a uh something for a gambler when you're from Las Vegas? Addiction? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, he disappeared into obscurity. But apparently he eventually gambled away his fortune and died poor. The oh, end. That's that's sad. <laughs> Jeez, Eric, way to bring us down after all my fun myth and talking of scurvy. God. Yeah, it's like, also his puppies died with him. Like, Jesus! <laughs> oh, Jesus, Eric, well, come on! I think it's... I started out light. This, this guy is the most successful pirate. It goes downhill from here. Like, he got off easy. Yeah. For instance, you have the Dread Pirate Roberts. And no, I don't mean the Princess Bride inconceivable wesley was at least the fourth dread pirate roberts you know right, the first, but that was uh, his name i was just making okay so anyway uh the the real dread pirate roberts there's a reason that dread was in his name he was one of the more ruthless pirates despite the fact that his name was bartholomew roberts yeah aka black bart this caucasian pirate started out as a second mate aboard the princess of london and when they were attacked by pirates he reluctantly joined their crew so i'm sure he was given an option like you know a freed slave would be to either join us or die and he said Dang. you can read you were in charge <laughs> yeah exactly. would you prefer cake or death so he joins these guys up and about six weeks later he becomes their new captain when the previous guy got shot trying to kidnap the governor of portugal jesus so yeah he's i guess their previous captain was the equivalent of those idiots that tried to capture the governor of michigan <laughs> so uh bartholomew roberts aka black bart now becomes the dread pirate roberts and from 1719 to 1722 this dude captured and looted over 400 ships all the way from Brazil to the coast of Africa. So he was, this dude was everywhere. Busy guy. Yeah. He, uh -huh. you know, so he was a um, rather strict captain, as I'm sure you can imagine. You don't, you know, the dread pirate Roberts probably doesn't have casual Fridays. <laughs> and he, he would kind of, uh, for members of his crew, would kind of lay out some ground rules, which included uh, and were not limited to no fighting on the ship, only formal duels to the death and only on shore leave. No stealing from each other, at least. <laughs> and no drinking after 8 p.m. Um, so I can get tanked up until 8 p.m. Yeah. All right. So once the sun starts going down, it's just a mad dash through the rum barrels or what have you. Oh, no, we started drinking at 8 p.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm already running out of booze by 8.19 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so rather than gambling away any fortune that he had had and, and fading away into obscurity, the Dread Pirate Roberts went out in a blaze of glory when his frigate, the Royal Fortune, was outgunned by the Swallow, a comedically named top-of-the-line British man of warship. And during this gunfight, Black Bart took a cannon blast of grape shot. Oh. Which I'm assuming is like a much larger version of buckshot. 
because uh, it's a cannon blast and not a gun. Yeah. But Black Bart took a cannon blast of grape shot to the neck, which I don't know if you guys know much about human anatomy, but that's kind of a weak spot. So that's not good. <laughs> His crew gave him an impromptu burial at sea. So they probably just rolled him off the side before hoisting a white flag in surrender. So, so the Dread Chris, Pirate Roberts. Yes, sir. Uh, grape shot. It's ammunition that consists of a collection of smaller caliber round shots packed in a tight geometric arrangement into a canvas bag and then separates from the gunpowder charge by a metal wadding and just spreads out. So it's like buckshot on yeah, like a shotgun blast. Like a cannon yeah, uh, buckshot. That's terrifying. Buckshot is like six round balls that are just a little smaller than a real grape. So this grape shot is like, hey, uh, all that plus like 16 more. Yeah, like grapes are the size of basketballs, right? <laughs> and these were known to like take off people's legs i wish yeah, i could so. send you the images i'm we're not on discord i can't send you the images but just go go <laughs> google grape shot and they will show you the size of it in a person's hand of what Oof. grape shot kind of is and he was hit no. by oh, that wow okay Ooh, damn all right so basically for those of you that are looking at this he got hit in the neck and they rolled his body off one side of the boat and what was left of his head off the other side <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of the Dread Pirate Roberts. Because there's no way it was still attached. It's not, no. it's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Cannon's my only weakness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Decapitation, my one weakness. Yeah, so the Dread Pirate Roberts had a cool name, but uh, did not have the greatest ending. Man, I gotta say, I like how he, quote, ran a tight ship. I, you know, I like the standards of pirates, and that shit was a tight ship. I like that. And no drinking after 8 p.m. After 8 p.m. Get loaded now, boys. <laughs> Once you wake up, get tanks, my boys. Can you imagine? It's like, I thought being a pirate was fun. Just just throwing it out there, they didn't have exactly have pocket watches back then, so there was a guy on deck. That's true. Who would have a, 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 a watch, a sand timer, and they would have one or two of these because, you know, you couldn't test them all the time, and they were also on a moving ship. And every hour, he would ring a little bell. And also, he'd ring bells for uh, mealtime, noontime, shift change. Cause, I mean, these pirates ran it like a normal ship. It wasn't just like free-for-all running in a boat. They actually had jobs to do and stuff. You know, the guys had to keep running the, the sails. They had to keep oiling things sweeping the deck like that that's not like a made-up thing so the guy who would keep time we were like oh you know eight bell tops stop punching that guy in the face uh and go below decks and like start sweeping or something so also stop drinking (laughs) i like this everything that you're doing stop oh also put down your grog (laughs) damn it that's the thing i'm most upset about okay so next up we got a fancy boy oh yeah so this guy's my favorite. <laughs> yes, th- th- this is really why I wanted to bring him up because, again, when you when you play the game Assassin's Creed, you you get a feeling for what history is, but not truly what history really is. And mm-hmm. I think Assassin's Creed did a good job showing has a uh, a guy a little bit beyond his uh, his uh his way. He 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 couldn't do much. Uh, Stead Bonnet, the gentleman pirate. He was a rich plantation owner. He actually inherited his parents' plantation. And then randomly decided for the hell of it to pursue a life of piracy. Uh, he was privileged. He had a farm and slaves and money. In fact, uh, he had gotten married recently and he was starting a family. But he got a taste for the life when he uh, started serving on their Barbados militia. And he realized, Man. oh, you get you get some power. You get to boss people around. I mean, the dude owned a plantation, but he still didn't really have the power from like bossing people around. Because, you know, when, you, when you're someone's boss, you can ignore a boss. But when you're... A king or a pirate king or a pirate. People listen to you. So 
most pirates begin their career, you know, by being captured and then joining another crew and then eventually rising through the ranks because it is democracy. <laughs> or capturing vessels. But this dude's like, um, hey, uh, I got money. I could, just, I, could, I could just buy a ship. So the dude literally financed his own ship called The Revenge, which... By the way, this guy has not received a single ounce of non-privilege in his life, so he's calling it the revenge against what? But yeah, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's such a good point. The revenge against bad wine. So anyway, in 1717, Bonnet, who had no previous maritime experience... Remember, he served in the militia, a island-based militia. Uh, he, he gathered up a crew, which he paid in wages rather than plunder, and then sailed off in his custom-made yacht. Jesus. It is a custom-made ship. Most of these people, and you had spoken to this earlier, they capture a ship, they rename it, and that's their boat now. That's like the whole thing. That's what pirates do. This guy, like, hey, you know what? I think that cabinet needs to be over there. Yeah. Another thing is the big thing with the plunder, you think, oh, you know, the, they all they do is they toil and plunder. Piracy's built on shares. If you've ever played Grand Theft Auto V, you know that everyone has to get a cut. If you've ever watched a movie with gangsters, everyone gets a cut. Sometimes 10%, sometimes 4%, sometimes, you know, you're doing it or for the sake. Uh, yeah. Any heist movie, everyone gets a cut. And the cut is not always even. The cut is split apart from what you do. Whatever you were hired for or you bartered for or you traded away for, piracy was the same. All these guys were criminals. Don't forget, they were murdering and robbing from other people. So they would be, you know, they'd be able to be pirates for a few years, statistically. But that whole, like, you know, the buried treasure, they really do because they used their money up as soon as they could. They wanted to get drunk and get whores. So before they'd be arrested or murdered, they wanted to get paid. Shares would be traded, sold, and owed to other crew members for favors or debts. So like, you know, hey, we robbed this ship. We got $100,000. Everyone gets 3%. You know, I, I gave my 100% to Johnny because he gave me some booze when I really needed it. So, you know, th it, was, it was a thing. But if you got a salary, that takes away your motivation to do anything. Like, you're not going to become rich on a salary. Uh, if, if you work hourly and you work triple overtime, you know where that's coming from. But if you're in a salary, you're like, yeah, I can I can phone it in a little bit. It's true. Pi pirates were the first people making commission. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing with the commission. Is, you know you're willing to sacrifice. Or, you know, you'll put, put yourself a little bit in danger because, you know, whatever you get from the ship, you know, we talked about that. There's not always gold. There's not always treasure. But there's always some sort of like uh, food or the, the boat itself is worth a little cash or the ransom. We didn't talk about ransom yet. You would hold these ships hostage for a little bit because their owners would pay for the ship to be re like released. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Bonnet was utterly incompetent as a pirate. He didn't know what the hell he was doing. Even after plundering a vessel was goods, like, hey, uh, give me all your silks, give me all your water. He was known for paying off the crew for its troubles. Like, you know what? Just stand there and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of this back. Uh, dude, you're a pirate. You, you, you can throw them overboard, dumbass. You're not um, stealing anything at that point. You're just buying it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just, I'm picturing this, this guy. Great. He's holding... He's holding them a gunpoint, and he's just stealing. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Could I? Pay? No. Here's a gold. Here's a gold doubloon. I'm so sorry. I know it's sure worth it wasn't more, a Canadian pirate. I'm so sorry. No, this literally was it. And I mean, he was. He left them on nearest islands, and we're not talking about like the whole "Hey, we're gonna leave you for desertion." No, he would drag the boats off and let them get off, and you know, he paid the harbor master. Hey, I'm gonna tie this boat up for a little bit, uh, and then yeah, you know, here's. Here's some cash for your troubles, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll come back for the rest tab. of the fighter. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have a few drinks on me. Sorry I Here's stole your boat. Here's my credit card. You're good for up to 75. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and if that's so, not bad enough, he doesn't actually know how to sail the ship. 
He doesn't know yeah, anything no, about navigation, he so no, he's relying yeah. on his crew completely. Everything wait, about don't forget, the crew that he hired, not like other pirates, yeah. <laughs> he actually reached out to other sailors and like, do you want to take over, you want to start a pirate ship? Like, it's like, you know, uh, an MLM. Yeah. He eventually does get into the graces of real pirates and meets with them on Nassau. Because don't forget, Nassau is a pirate republic How? by this point. And How the hell well, did this asshole get in the good graces of other pirates? Bottom drink. Because he had a boat. A lot of these guys are... He are, had don't a forget, nice boat. <laughs> With yeah, lots he of is, guns on it. Yeah, because all these pirates are literally using stolen crap, and this guy rolls in with, like, the, the Rolls Royce. He's like, you know, everyone else is riding in the Cadillac, and he's like, yeah, I got something worth triple, and also, I have a crew that I'm paying, and also, uh, we have water and food, because I have a real, you know, I have a home. I can go back home. Uh, so, he eventually meets Blackbeard. Now, I, we haven't talked about Blackbeard yet, but Blackbeard's a badass motherfucker. Mm. <laughs> yeah there's a reason we still know his name blackbeard yeah. has been doing this for a while there's a reason why he's played by samuel <laughs> <laughs> i would watch that but blackbeard was savvy now he was not he, he was he was called edward teach but he wasn't actually a learned man in, in the, the most sense but he has been a pirate for a while and he had the respect of other people now he'd been on multiple ships and he was always voted to be the captain because not only did he know how to sail and know how to navigate he knew all the roles of the ship uh so <laughs> When Blackbeard walks on a bonnet ship, everyone's like, oh, yeah, that guy's in charge. F*** the guy who hired us. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when Blackbeard walks aboard, he goes, oh, well, this is a nice boat. Now, don't forget, Blackbeard at this point had been on about two or three ships, two of them his own. And he's like, ah, oh, God, I have a piece of crap. Like, this thing really requires a lot of work. We're going through pitch all the time. I got the slaves underneath, like, just scrolling the deck. And this boat is put together and has a warranty still. So <laughs> he's like, oh. Yeah, no, this is mine now. I'm going to take the captain's cabin. You know what? You can stand over there, there, uh, Bonnet. Do your thing. So they go around for a while, and Blackbeard's using Bonnet's ship. Blackbeard has his ship, and then two other ships. Just They had, you know, their crews. Like, uh, you're, you're, you're a commander of that ship, but you're not really in charge of, like, the little baby fleet. But, I mean, this is later in the pirate years. So eventually, the king offered amnesty to any pirates who went straight. And then Steed realized, oh, yeah, I'm not actually really a pirate. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to get out. I'm, I'm going to write the guy a letter. And, it, you know, there's governors and there's a king. But Blackbeard stole everything and stripped his ship bare. All the cannons, all the sail, everything, was, all the maps. And then left his crew stranded on an island. And this was a real island. This wasn't some sandbar. Not everyone died. But after eight of his men jumped ship to join a crew, uh, they were trying to ransack. Bonnet went postal. And he's like, I'm going to kick Blackbeard's ass. Now, he, he didn't do very well. He, he chased <laughs> shadows for a very long time. He uh, j jumped after every rumor. He literally attacked everything that moved. Uh, we're talking about little, like, ferries that carried people between islands. Because don't forget, this. there was an economy. It wasn't just like, oh, pirate ships and uh, king ships. No, like, people lived on these islands and had to trade uh, sugar and... Uh, flour and everything this wasn't just carried on big ships it was carried on little ships and some of these islands you could see like across the horizon so you take a little baby boat but he would take all that crap on because he was like where the hell is blackbeard so he makes his way up and uh so the royal navy lost track of charles vane uh who was you know we mentioned him earlier and he was a big time pirate like there's a reason that he has a big name and you guys haven't heard of him but he was a big name so they set their sights on bonnet who would actually docked at Cape Fear uh, River for repairs. And, I mean, the repairs on a ship are massive. They're always constantly undergoing stuff, but he had run aground a few times in his chasing, and 
again, he's still a bad pirate, so he was letting these people go and not taking <laughs> some of their supplies. So, like, when you, you, you take one of these, like, ferries. Now, these ferries didn't have supplies on them for, like, long-haul voyages. They, they can literally see the island they're going to. And then the big ships, he didn't have enough crew to take them on to get brand new wood or brand new sail or brand new rope. Like, rope was a big commodity back in the day, too. So... Bonnet had run aground a few times, and he banged up a ship a few times, and then he was hiding. And he had a small fleet, but it was it was just bullcrap stuff. Um, but the Royal Navy tracked him down. They both got into a, a pitched battle. Both of them got stranded at high tide, but the Royal Navy ship got out first. And while Bonnet's ship was aground, he was captured, tried, convicted, and sentenced to death at his accomplice of Blackbeard. Now, he was still a gentleman in own land, so he wrote to the governor and said, listen, please give me amnesty and I will stop this forever. And the governor said, yeah, go f*** yourself. And he was hung. <laughs> so even yeah, though he was looking for Blackbeard, he still was... Yes, and he never found Blackbeard again. That's the ultimate irony is that he was tried as an accomplice of Blackbeard when he was trying to get... He got screwed know, over by Blackbeard. him. Yeah. yeah. You are without doubt the worst pirate I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. I just like the fact that this guy, imagine you're so bored with your life that you go and you buy your own <laughs> ship and crew and know nothing of being a pirate. Wait. I'm so bored. What do I want to do today? I want to be a pirate. And he had a younger wife. And also, this is back in the day when you would import your wives from overseas. He didn't exactly get the girl from next door. He's like, I need a hot wife because I am rich. So, so he picked her out of a catalog and still wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the one of the uh, sources I read on him actually said that the married life disagreed with him, whatever that means. What? Yeah. <laughs> I can't get no satisfaction. satisfaction. I think he just had a midlife crisis, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so up next, we got a almost equally incompetent pirate, but for different reasons. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of incompetence, uh, we're going to talk <laughs> about Captain Kid. Ooh, um, is he related to Billy the Kid? I was thinking, yeah. Not even remotely. <laughs> his, well, his name, his name is William Kid, and even though Billy the Aww. Kid's name wasn't William Kid... I mean, never mind. Uh, oh, there's been time travel. <laughs> trying to find, trying to find the uh, the connections. I don't know why in, I like laughed so hard at that. Number twenty three kind of way. Like, wait, I saw two over here. No, no. All right, Captain William Kidd started out originally as a privateer based out of New York, hunting French merchant ships. Unfortunately, with usually little to no success. He was then hired to fend off pirates attacking ships of the East India Trading Company, which you might recognize, in a creaky old boat that was barely seaworthy. So I'm sure he was highly effective at that. Um, his crew almost mutinied when he chickened out of attacking a Dutch ship and he killed his gunner, William Moore, for backtalking. Um, Jeez. Yeah. That's great at making so, friends. Escalated rather quickly. Yeah, real great leader. Uh, then in 1698, terrible year by all accounts, Kid laid eyes on what he thought was his key to success, the uh, Kedah Merchant, which he assumed with a name like that, was a French vessel. Clearly, because he couldn't even find the French, he wasn't an expert on the French, because he was wrong. Uh, his first successful raid against another ship turned out to be another English vessel, much to his surprise. As a result, 
he went from being a privateer to a wanted man. That's like um, being a cop and pulling over a freaking sheriff's office. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, no, it's it's like being a cop and like trying to carjack a sheriff. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, a little bit worse. When this happens and he realizes like how screwed, like how badly he just screwed up, he panics and he ditches the captured ship off the island of uh, Hispaniola. He then sails back to New York, where he hurriedly buries his stolen treasure on Gardner's Island. And this is the one and only time that we're aware of, at least. Yeah. A pirate actually buried his loot in recorded history. Uh, and then he pleaded his case to the colonial governor, the Earl of Belmont. Unfortunately, his half-buried treasure was easily discovered. <laughs> So it's like when your dog hides its bone behind like a curtain. And you're like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, good like job. Stick- I just imagine like a treasure chest like sticking like out. Like half sticking out of the, the ground. Yeah. yeah. A shovel right next to it and his footprints. So like it was kids, easily discovered. Like making a sandcastle on it. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 once it was discovered, it was immediately used as evidence against him. Uh, he was then shipped off to England where he was tried, obviously found guilty, and subsequently hit with pillows. <laughs> That's how we get rid of pirates. Uh, he was hanged at execution dock. To make things a little bit worse for this guy, during the proceedings of the hanging, the news broke twice. So on the third attempt to hang this guy, it worked. Once he was hung, his body was then covered in tar and left out for public display as a warning to other wannabe pirates. And I would assume to other idiots. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. in the Assassin's Creed Black Flag game, this guy was played as, like, a happy-go-lucky stoner drunk guy. Yeah. But, yeah, he was still a moron. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of like if Shaggy had a boat. <laughs> He's always hungry and high the entire time. Yeah, just... <laughs> His best it was from dog. where, Zoinks? All right. Do you guys need a break? Uh, no. If you could give me three minutes to make a drink. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, okay. While I'm making another grog. So. I guess I'm having <laughs> oh, another nice. drink then. Another drinky drinky. Un momento. Hear ye, hear ye. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day free trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. The Republic of Pirates by Colin Woodard is essential reading for any fan of pirates and or history. It's one of the most in-depth and entertaining sources on the subject. It often reads like a swashbuckling adventure, but unlike Pirates of the Caribbean, it's all true. And if you're like me and don't have a lot of free time or energy to read as many physical books these days because you're too busy recording and editing seven different podcasts, Audible has you covered. Seriously, though, I'm, like, on way too many podcasts. I I might have a problem. Anywho, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash epicfails with a K. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash E-P-I-K fails for your free audiobook. All four Epic Fails history books are available now on Audible. Huzzah! The Neatcast, your source for offbeat news. Marauding monkeys bring fear to historic Indian tourist haven. These monkeys have gotten aggressive. Anytime you hold a package in their hand, they'll come up and they'll snatch it from you. Like gang members. Like, take your chain. Oh my god. Hot takes on sports? Drew Brees is a legend. How dare you? He is. But he's done. No, he's not. You pardoned him. He's coming back. (laughs) He wants to pardon Drew Brees. I want to throw him in prison. And deep dives into the paranormal. The uh, Loveland Frogman. 
At approximately 3.30 a.m., an unnamed businessman, uh, the most credible witness maybe you can find. <laughs> unnamed businessman. <laughs> I was just doing business when I saw a frogman. Join us every Monday and let's talk some bullshit. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. And then, of course, we have Blackbeard. Edward Teach or Thatch, depending on the source. I don't, I don't know how they got that confused, but uh, he started out as an English privateer under his mentor, Benjamin Hornigold, like we mentioned earlier. Blackbeard often relied more on theatricality and appearances rather than using actual force to achieve his goals. He built up such a mythology around his name to the point where ships would surrender at the mere sight of his flag. More often than not, Blackbeard's crew wouldn't even have to fire a single shot because his reputation had preceded him. Y'all don't know about Dre. <laughs> yeah, imagine having so much clout that just showing up, people go, no, I'm good. <laughs> it's like it's like the whole world is a pri- public basketball court and you're Michael Jordan. Like you just walk on the court and everyone's like, oh, I'm good. I'm, I don't feel like getting embarrassed yeah. in front of everybody I know today. You know? Oh, that's, that's MJ? No, I'm it's good. It's also the same thing. Like, hey, if you know that this guy is a professional pirate and you know that, hey, if you just literally give up, he will not murder you. He will not throw you overboard. He will not leave you on the island. He will literally just take what he needs and leaves. Yeah, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give it up. Thanks, guys. Done. Yeah. Peace. Now, see, this seems like a gentleman pirate. Yeah. Well, a more competent... He was a professional. He was a professional pirate. But see, people didn't know that at the time. They just had heard the horror stories about well, the him, whole that he wasn't that the whole bit of the dread pirate roberts the the in in the princess pride <laughs> in the princess pride <laughs> was the whole thing where like the the myth of the dread pirate roberts was important because exactly it prevented them from having to do the things that the myth said they did so like, as long as people were really scared of him he didn't have to go killing people to make them scared of him so i imagine that's kind of the black yeah, exactly thing. Like, it was all a pr campaign mm-hmm the key is, and we haven't spoken about this yet, but pirate flags, you always assume the black flag with the skull and crossbones, right? That identified you as a pirate, but every pirate actually had their own flag. Yeah, it was custom. For example, Stead Bonnet, everyone said that, hey, you know, he actually had a, a flag that was black with skull and crossbones, and he had a heart on one side and a knife on the other side. That's actually untrue. That was made up in one of those pirate books that we talked about from like the 1736, yeah. 10 years <laughs> after everyone died. Um Stead Bonnet actually was known to use a red flag to say, no mercy, I will murder you unless you pull over. Well, if you know you're going to get murdered, why would you pull over type thing? Like, so when you have to see that if if Blackbeard actually had a pirate flag that said, hey, I am Blackbeard, and everyone realized what that flag meant, again, you're, you're going to give up, and he yeah. will not leave you for death. He will leave you a little food. He'll leave you a little water, and he will not murder your crew. And you know what? If he frees a couple people, you know they're out of your hair. Just throwing it out there because he, he was kind of like an equal opportunity <laughs> employer because he, he freed – African-American slaves. He took some crewmen. Like, he's like, you know what? Uh, these people work for me now. And if you have a problem, I'm going to shoot you in the face. So, like, you you <laughs> exactly. got to imagine, like, every pirate had their own flag. Uh, Kid's flag was dumb as shit. I think he was the one that had almost the true Jolly Roger that was a dancing Jolly Roger. So yeah. if you saw that flag and you knew that guy was a crazy loon who shot his own gunner, you know what? Maybe yeah. maybe you fight a little harder because that guy might give up. So that, yeah. that yeah. or his crew might. I probably would not pull over for him. Yeah. So when you see when you see the red flag of death, you're gonna fight a little bit, and that's why the the gentleman pirate he was really uh, a little probably shock to people when he's like, hey, you know what? Here, here's five dollars. Don't don't call us me some. Trouble. And they're like, I, th- I thought you were going to murder us because you had a red flag of blood. Yeah, that must have been really confusing. <laughs> I do love like the historically accurate 
pirate flags. If you ever get a chance to check them out, they're pretty interesting. But Blackbeard's flag specifically has a skeleton on it, and it has a spear in one hand stabbing at a heart. And then his other hand has an hourglass, like your time is running out. So it's pretty threatening if you think about it. And every time you see it, death metal starts playing. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of cartoony looking, but like the the thought behind it, you know what I mean? Before we go too off the wall, I will say that most pirate flags were the flags of the countries they were trying to represent. Because these guys were thieves and criminals. So if they're trying to attack French ships, they're going to haul a French flag up. And they're going to get as close as possible to the other French ship. And then then pull down the flag. And then switch out and be like, yo, pull over, <laughs> asshole. I got you. So you see Blackbeard and you start headbanging. But how, I mean, how close, I mean, what distance, I mean, granted you had people up in the crow's nest, but how sure. close would a ship have to be for you to figure out, ah, fuck, it's Blackbeard. It's okay. We'll, let's not be dicks. We'll pull over. Cannon distance, because you have to imagine, though, oh, everyone yeah, right was not wearing, they were not wearing clothes. Like, you're wearing no shirts because you're having to work on a ship. Even the people who were in the military were wearing just slacks and, like, armbands, and they were covered in grease and shit and other stuff because everyone has to work. This is not like the modern Navy oh, where yeah. it's like, oh, we're fighting Somali pirates versus the U.S. Navy. No, everyone looked like pieces of trash, like, they were picked up on the side <laughs> road. 24-7. Because... Yeah. They really were, like, a lot of these people were press-ganged into working in the ships if you were official Navy. Like, oh, hey, I'm just drinking in Cornwall, and then I woke up after I was drunk on another ship, and like, hey, uh, we're on our way to the Caribbean, you work for us now, and if you piss <laughs> us off, we're going to put you in the stockade. I'm glad you brought that up. So, there, there's one quote about being pressed into the British Navy at the time, and they said something like, it's like being in jail, but worse, because there's the chance of drowning (laughs) so like that you know doesn't really paint a very pretty picture so yeah back to blackbeard this guy's crazy okay (laughs) he was known to tie smoking wicks into his beard giving him the appearance of a demon just imagine this burly dude with a flaming beard coming at you just coughing the whole time nope Nope, I'm good. (laughs) And also, he apparently had syphilis. So it's hard to say how much of his antics were motivated by madness or genius. You know, it it happens. Especially towards the end. A little from column A, a little from column B. (laughs) So, hey, if you have syphilis, all you're telling me is that this dude Pretty much. (laughs) You don't know what he but he fucks. Well, according to legend, he had 14 wives, but I don't know if that was all consensual. All right. And every yeah. port. And every, every port he... It's oh, f***ing Mambo number five, Blackbeard. He had 14 wife parts. He kept the part <laughs> in the um, So at one point, after hearing about his fellow pirates being hanged in Boston, there was like this, this famous trial in Boston where eight pirates <laughs> were hung. He threatened to raise the whole city to the ground. Like he was pissed. So he really had it out for the crown at this point. Oh, no, not Boston. Oh, that- that's where i'm i'm not far from there don't wait are we sure it was boston not charleston there's a couple different instances it was all talk though he never actually attacked the city i think he might have been planning to but never got around to it for reasons we'll find out soon (laughs) he couldn't get through the habit (laughs) (laughs) yeah blackbeard was you know like a lot of pirates not really a fan of the current monarchy so what's really funny is he actually ended up accepting the king's pardon he technically retired from piracy for a whole month hmm. and then he got bored and went back to pirating man this life of not pillaging and looting sucks i think he just like wanted like the heat to die off for a bit and then he's like yeah okay 
Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a drink yet. Let me just start using the ship to go steal drinks from people. Done. I had never tried golf before I retired, but I heard it was fun. But good God. <laughs> I need to go murder some people. I'm just imagining Blackbeard playing putt-putt now. With the with the <laughs> burning beard and everything. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys have something down there, but we have a mini golf course up here called Pirate's Cove, so it fits in perfectly. Oh, nice. So eventually, the governor of Pennsylvania issued a warrant for Blackbeard's arrest, and Lieutenant Robert Maynard of the Royal Navy was dispatched to bring him in, dead or alive. Maynard found Blackbeard and his crew, partying it up with Charles Vane and Calico Jack in North Carolina. Blackbeard and his uh, presumably hungover crew desperately attempted an escape aboard the Adventure, and took on two of Maynard's ships, the Jane and the Ranger. After firing a broadside salvo of cannons at the two ships, one of Maynard's men got a lucky shot off that took out one of the adventure sails. According to one account, Blackbeard raised a glass of liquor to Maynard and yelled, Ah, damnation, seize my soul if I give you quarters or take any from you. This is like one of the few historical like events that kind of reads like an action movie. It's it's pretty nuts if you really get into the details. But Blackbeard and his gang swing over to Maynard's ship, armed to the teeth, and they go below deck, but it's a trap. It's a trap! Maynard's soldiers are hiding below deck. They ambush the pirates. Blackbeard rallies his allies to fight to the last man, but it's no use. And... At one point, Blackbeard actually fights Maynard one-on-one, like mano-a-mano. It's like the final, you know, (laughs) the final fight. And during the fray, Blackbeard himself takes numerous stab wounds. And according to Maynard, at least five bullets to the chest as he's wildly swinging his sword and nothing seems to stop him. (laughs) I don't know if he's on PCP or what. I don't know if PCP's been invented yet. Damn that syphilis. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's some strong shit. Robert Maynard reloads, lifts his pistol to fire again, just as Edward Teach lunges his way. Before Blackbeard can deliver a killing blow, someone stabs him from behind. He falls to his knees, and his final words to Maynard are, Well done, lad. Nice. <laughs> well well done, lad. Yeah, that was good. Well done, lad. I think mine's <laughs> the worst one. I, I think he sits over more like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then he crapped his pants. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you die. You yeah. shit According yourself. to South Park, you do it very it's violently. It's true. Chief did it while being torn <laughs> apart by a bear and a mountain lion. So violently, he <laughs> tore his pants off his body. Yep. So we all get to look forward to. So Maynard decapitates Blackbeard, and he has his severed head displayed on the bow of the adventurer as a warning to other pirates. Well... Jesus. So yeah, like I said, Henry Avery you got really off. See easy. that though? Like I always, that's that's weird. Like you get this big ass boat and a human sized head on the on the bow of it. Like who's gonna? You'd have to be so close to the boat to see it. Like who? What is that? What? Hold on, stop. Just you guys drop anchor. Let's row up there. What's that on there? Oh, it's his head. Oh, I'm scared now. We should go back to our boat and do what they say. Like that's so silly. Just. Kill him and be done with it. Maybe he's, yeah. he's got I mean, this disgusting thing of rotting flesh on the front of his shit. Like, it's pretty gross. Cool guy. Oh, well, yourself. you imagine like pirates have to get really close anyway, so they like get up a side right. Right, but if you're that, that close, you're taking the time to be like, like oh, well, right, what are they? What are they rocking not. here? What are they trying well, to deter I'll, me with? Also, oh no, it's, it's a head. Gonna, <laughs> it's also gonna only look like Blackbeard for so long. Yeah, and then, like yeah, a couple hours. True. No one's going to recognize. This motherfucker has a weird Especially on the ocean. Ship. 
Yeah, you know how many Holy birds there are? Shit. Like, if you're near anybody, you're either at an open sea in a fight, in which case they're not going to get close enough to see it, or you're it's like a... It's the thought a, that counts. A port, it's and there's the... birds everywhere. You're going to get seagulls. It's so hey, stupid. Get the f*** Just... off my black man! I need them to scare <laughs> yeah. all the fucking pirates! <laughs> It just seems Eric. like you probably have to assign someone's oh, like head protection duty or something. I, it's just, I don't know, it's silly. Get the yeah. f*** out of the crow's nest and watch my head. Yeah. No, not that one. <laughs> that one. Thank you. Stop looking for places for us to survive and start looking after this rotting thing of meat. All right, Blackbeard. I love Blackbeard. But here, here's where the money has been made, guys. Honestly, Calico Jack and Bonnie Mary Reed. All right, two of the most famous pirates of the era, actually, women. Anne Bonny, Mary Reed, 1720. Anne became the very first pirate when she had an affair with Calico Jack Rackham, who had taken over for Charles Vane. We had we've spoken of Vane a little bit. He's a captain of the Ranger. All right, Calico Jack. You may know this man by a different name, according to the Big Bad Disney. The one and only <laughs> Jack Sparrow. Ooh. <laughs> he was basically the closest thing we had to Jack Sparrow. I don't even know how to describe him. He was, he was definitely out there. You know? he, <laughs> he was a by the sounds character. of it, he, he was the inspiration for the character. Now, yep. Anne Bonny, she really wore the pants, the, the, the pirate pants in the relationship. Insert drum, but dum <laughs> now, when May first joined the crew, she was actually disguised as a man. You may also recognize this from another Disney film known as Mulan. She went under the name Mark. Now, at one part in history, we don't know when because nobody <laughs> jotted this down, Anne and Mary, they <laughs> fell in love. Now, the three pirates together, they fought, they plundered, they terrorized, they did other things, they drank, they did other things again, all across the Caribbean. <laughs> well, for the next couple months or so. Not a long time, but they had a lot of fun. In October, let's say the 23rd, that sounds good, right? Ni uh, 1720, their ship was sighted off the coast of Jamaica. Turns out that, you know, that guy Blackbeard that we spent so much time on? Well, after he was defeated, the British Navy was cracking down hard on piracy. They had had enough of their shit and their pillaging. They were said, <laughs> no, no more. We've tolerated your shenanigans up to here, but we can only drink so much tea in a day. And now we have to spend all day chasing <laughs> you buggers around. No more. So... They set their sights on Calico Jack. He was the top of their wanted list. So the Navy warship, the Tiger, not spelled in the normal way. No, this is the cool way. Spelled T -Y -G -E -R. like a G-E-R. It's like a Pokemon. The Tiger. <laughs> so they caught up. They fired a barrage of cannons at the Ranger, and they disabled the ship. Jack and his crew, the brave men that they were, ready and raring to go. They hid below deck as the pirate hunters boarded to capture them all. But of course, Mary Reed. Brave, 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 Sir Robin. <laughs> Mary Reed and Anne Bonny, they were brave enough. They had the cojones to stand and fight on deck against those British soldiers. But they were eventually overwhelmed and captured and during the confrontation. Mary, because, well, again, she was up there fighting, she shouted down at Jack. 
at the cowardly pirates and even shot one of them. <laughs> That's like the ultimate dick punch right yeah. there. <laughs> So then later, uh, November 16th, maybe two and a half weeks, Calico Jack Rackham was tried and convicted. Bonnie and Reed also sentenced to death, but both of them pleaded that they were pregnant. So therefore, they were spared because of their, quote, condition. And before Jack was hung in the gallows, Anne Bonnie paid him a visit and she told him, had you fought like a band, you did not be hanged like a dog. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> well done. Yeah, that was amazing. Boy, I, I can't wait to listen to that later and regret all of it. <laughs> we should just have Zach like narrate the podcast from now on. Just like turn it into a solo I, podcast. Where I, don't think that's a good, I don't think that's <laughs> a good idea. A or a scene at the end of every segment and let him just do that. <laughs> All right, Zach, in this scene, you'll be playing these four roles. All right, sounds good. <laughs> so, long story short, or shorter, uh, with the end of legally sanctioned piracy, the English, Spanish, and French naval powers began to work together to root out any and all remaining pirates hiding out in the Caribbean. Most of them gave up, while some of them went turncoat. The ones who didn't were soon killed or captured. The pirate haven of NASA was soon a thing of the past, and with it, the golden age of piracy was at an end. Oh, <laughs> but why is the rum god? It's like I like getting robbed <laughs> on the high seas. <laughs> so we talked about the golden age of piracy, which is obviously where where most of what we just talked about, you know, happened in that that window there. But there were other famous pirates throughout history that maybe were prior to and even after the so called golden age. Um, there were a number mm -hmm. of them actually who were feared across the seven seas, including Redbeard. A.K.A. Barbarossa, who is an Ottoman corsair. Barbarossa? <laughs> and with with a name like Redbeard, you would think he'd be like a ripoff of Blackbeard. You know, like a poor man's Blackbeard. But he actually predated him by quite a bit. So maybe it was vice versa. Well, no, it was a couple hundred years later. But he was an Ottoman corsair who sailed the Mediterranean seas in the early 1500s. We also have, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this name. Good luck. But as far as I can tell, it's pronounced... Sheng Yi Sao, also known as Xing Qi, she was known as the pirate queen of the Chinese Sea, and she personally commanded 24 ships and over 1,400 pirates. Wow, which is just she must have not terrifying yeah. by herself. And, and just to throw it out there, she started as a concubine and worked her way yep. up to be the leader of the fleet, and then negotiated her surrender yep. and the and the amnesty of her and her crews, plural crews, yeah. and then still turned to piracy after the fact. <laughs> so even though she wasn't the Bro. most famous or successful pirate of the Caribbean because she wasn't in the Caribbean. She is definitely one of the most successful pirates in all of history. Yeah. I want to know more about her. She sounds awesome. That's like the story of like an Orion slave girl in Star Trek and then getting her own <laughs> like, you know, starship or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a movie made about her. They're probably there's probably a Chinese. Oh, I'm movie, sure there's Chinese movie. Yeah. Like a big budget. Yeah. yeah. Why well, see that in America? Like, no, you I'd don't. Like st you don't stand up to the uh, the CCP there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so then there's also Sir Francis Drake, one of the very early English privateers who Queen Elizabeth the First, mind you, knighted for his actions against the Spanish. In 1580, he became the very first English captain to successfully 
circumnavigate the globe and was a war hero who helped defeat the Spanish Armada. So long before sorority girls learned about it, Captain Morgan was one of the most brutal buccaneers of the 1600s. He once used a group of priests and women as a human shield. And that's no joke. He literally used it as a shield against bombardment from other cannons. Uh, he eventually became the governor of Jamaica, which and there's a lot lower bar that time, uh, and went on to persecute other pirates, uh, which was funny because he was actually only doing it for the commission and to steal their plunder. Yeah, he was a total dick. I mean, if you use hum- like any, even it doesn't matter, a child, woman, man, you're using someone as a human shield. That that speaks to who you are. That sucks. Yeah, it wasn't like he had them on his ship in a certain way. He was actually trying to prevent bombardment from uh, like the royal ships. Still, if you have innocent people you're putting as a human shield, you kind of just punched your first class ticket to douchebag town. So there's actually even a story about a young Julius Caesar being captured and ransomed by pirates. He actually, according to one account I read, he apparently partied it up with them. He was still their captive, but during uh, the events, he told them in no uncertain terms that he would come back with an army and kill them all, which is exactly what he did. Well, those are stupid pirates for hanging around. Yeah. They have a boat. They can float away. <laughs> if only we had some means of transport. I think they thought he was, like, joking. Yeah, or something. they probably saw him and were like, oh, that guy's awesome. Wait, what are all those swords here for? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why is he stabbing all of our guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody expects the epic inquisition. Jumping into trivia questions. Oh, boy. Oh, this could be oh. fun. Are you ready, kids? <laughs> I can't hear you. Captain. Question number one. Okay. Where was the pirate haven of Tortuga located? Tortuga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where? where what, what he said. Where be Tortuga? In the Caribbean. The ocean. Uh, More specifically. Tortuga. Uh, Barbados. Hmm. Um, is it, no, it's, uh, oh, is it, is it near Turks and Caicos? I'm sure this is wrong. Cuba? Is it Haiti? Haiti! Ding, ding, ding! Hey! Damn it. All right, let's hear it for high school education and random. Chris, is that your first correct answer on the show? I think it probably is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit, I'm drinking this. That's true. I think I I got, I think I got one right. Uh, two episodes ago, if I'm not mistaken. You're right, you're right. I'm just giving you a hard time. There have been many wrong ones since then. All right. Question number two. Yar. In what year was a Spanish loot fleet decimated by a hurricane off the coast of Florida? 1620. Shit, I think it was actually in the notes. I think it was like 1793 was. or some shit. Don't look. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, just, I'm, I'm totally guessing 1620. So, so this, I'm this gonna, is the I'm event that s- kind of really kicked off like the really big well, you know, the golden age. This, so yeah. probably I just remember like guess, 17, like 17 something, like 17, like, I don't know, 16, 15, something like that. It was like in the 1710s-ish. Yeah, we we actually have it on that's, here at 1715. He actually has it in close. his damn notes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it was 1715. So it's technically towards the end of the golden age, but this is where like all the famous pirates show up. Like this is, it was kind of like a gold rush for the, you know, that area, like the Caribbean. Nice. Uh, all right. Question number three. Yar. <laughs> I'm translating it real quick. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to do anything. How did Captain Morgan die? Syph- syphilis. Alcohol poisoning. 
<laughs> uh, Justin was right. It was alcohol poisoning. No shit. Oh, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty appropriate. Who wrote the 1883 novel Treasure Island? Uh, uh, J. Lewis uh, Stevenson or something Stevenson? I don't know shit about books. Was it Ro- Robert? Does anyone Stevenson? else want to guess? Robert? Robert Stevenson. There you go. Oh, yeah. 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 Robert Lewis yeah. Stevenson. Hey. J.K. Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one. What be the name of Blackbeard's flagship? The, the Adventure. adventure? Mm, uh... No. That was one of his ships. It wasn't his flagship. Hmm. The Reach Around. Oh, oh, okay. Um Flogging Molly did this song. Uh yep. Queen Queen Anne's Revenge. This Oh, yes. there you go. Yes, good job. Yes. Oh, hell yep. yeah. Yep. Thank you. You win. Thank you. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> uh, you know what? I was so excited. Thank you, Flogging Molly. So yeah, the Queen Anne's Revenge, uh, it was originally called La Concorde. It was originally a French slave frigate. So I got a bonus question for y'all. Why did they name it the Queen Anne's Revenge? Oh, that I do not know. Hmm. Any takers? Let's see. <sighs> no. Is it, <laughs> if it's in reference to like Anne Boleyn? Okay, so uh, Edward Teach was a veteran of the War of the Spanish Succession which was referred to as Queen Anne's War. And she was also the last Stuart monarch. So she had kind of come to represent the Jacobite cause, which is a whole thing. But basically, it's people that didn't like uh, King George the first. Yeah, it was King George the first at the time. They had a prime minister afterwards. Yeah, a lot of the people that didn't like King George, they wanted to reinstate the Stuart monarchy. So that's that's where that came from. I was going to say him naming it Queen Anne's Revenge is kind of like Captain Reynolds on Firefly naming his ship Serenity. It's like uh Yeah, it's like a big F you to the monarchy. You, you, yeah, you turned you made the you know, you made me into this kind of thing or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Cuz the that's I mean the governments were really what caused this entire cluster the situation you know with a fact which surprises nobody yeah i mean they used to pay these guys these were privateers well and unfortunately even throughout history governments have never been that great treating their veterans you know so they just yeah they were just kind of left to fend for themselves and the only thing they knew how to do was what they had been doing for the past like 20 years which was you know robbing ships <laughs> and fighting and stuff so they just kept doing that that's all they knew and it didn't help that yeah. the governors of the random islands that were under colonial control, no matter which government, the Dutch, the English, the French, anyone, were like willing to overlook certain crimes as long as the pirates left them alone or traded with them or came their way or gave them other ships. It was it was a whole thing. Bracket of fails. The bracket of fails. Fails, fails. Pigs in <laughs> space. <laughs> Wrong segment. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn. So this is a season-long uh, single elimination bracket that we're just now starting up, uh, where you, the internet, decides who is the biggest epic fail of history. Hitler! And <laughs> so we've got a couple upcoming matches. These are good, too. The next one is going to be Louis XVI of France versus Cleopatra VII of Egypt. What are your thoughts on these two? <sighs> do you guys have any any bets one way or another? Like, how do you think this, this is going to play out? 
Well, looking at my, uh, and my... I'm not I'm not talking about like a physical fight. Like which one's worse? <laughs> well, I mean, looking at my bracket on challenge.com. That's C H A L L O N G E dot com forward slash epic fails. That's epic with a K. Who do I have in this match? Let's see. I personally have Louis going forward because I think he was a lot more terrible than Cleopatra. Cleopatra had her failings, but she was she was put in that position and Louis screwed up the position. There's a there's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to side with you as well. Louis, he sucks. You know, they're both I mean, they're both entitled royalty just by the nature of, you know, being king and queen. Uh, but I think Cleopatra, like, kind of the whole world was against her, you know? And I, I think considering, you know, the decisions she made were out of survival, whereas Louis never had to worry about anything in his life. Like, everything was handed to him, and he just ignored the problems of France until, you know, the the mobs were at, you know, like, literally at his door. So, I think... Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think that Cleopatra... Had- you know some of the decisions she made and things that she did like the influences that she had maybe didn't all turn out for the greatest but well her family like tried to assassinate her so yeah i mean i I would have trust issues too you know (laughs) so i'm certainly not saying she's great or anything like that but i think her biggest crime is that she's associated with like the death of julius caesar in that era and that Mm -hmm. she's kind of painted as like the yoko ono of the time whereas Mm -hmm. louis is just 50 pounds of shit in a 10 pound bag like he sucks so much he went out of his way to be a dick and there's a big difference between failing downwards and trying to permanently screw up or being in a position where you're way over your head versus somebody who's like willfully ignorant and disregards the people he's responsible for so i gotta say louis wins this one all day long I mean, when you look at it, I mean, Louis got more numbers after his name, and I kind of got to go with with Louis. Louis wins by nine. I mean, when you do the math, it checks out. <laughs> the math checks out. Roman numerals. Um, and they never even tried to teach us that in school. And then after that, we've also got. Uh, Emperor Nero versus Emperor Caligula. Now, these were two Roman emperors we actually talked about on the last episode, which hasn't come out yet as of this recording. But yeah, they're, I mean, it goes without saying that these are probably two of the worst rulers of all time. Like, they're definitely, I mean, obviously they're in the running, they're on this bracket, but uh, what do you, who do you guys think is actually worse out of these two? Nero, hands down, because he was incompetent to the fact that he tried to have control and he had none versus Caligula did not give a crap. I mean, he had tried to appoint this horse a senator because he was mocking the whole senatorial system. Like Nero, you know, they always say that he played a fiddle while the city burned. Well, part mm-hmm. of the burning was because of him. He sent goons after everything to get burned down. Allegedly. That's his fault. Allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, the prevailing theory, but it's not, we don't have any evidence sure. of it. I, I, How many know, people had a penthouse movie created about them? Caligula. Caligula wins for being a better person. <laughs> that's that's I, I, unfortunately I don't know. It's, true. It's, I'm not going to say a toss-up because um, I think Nero does edge out Caligula, but it's not it's not like a blowout. It's a, it's a close one. It's going into overtime. Caligula wins yeah. just or wins gets points and keeps it close just off the sheer sadism mm-hmm. um, and 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 blatant misuse of resources for you know, personal access. 
where while people were starving and dying, you know, he's throwing huge ravers and stuff. Like he sucks. Yeah, no, he's hedonism bot. Yeah, a hundred percent. That that yeah. is hedonism without the bot. charm. Without the charm. Yeah, yeah. he uh, yeah. he sucks for sure. And if he wasn't up against Nero, he would, in my book, would advance to the next round. But Nero yep. is a hall of fame. But Nero is Prince Valium from uh, Spaceballs. Hey, he is yeah. a piece of crap. Don't like, be there's no reason Prince to have Valium. him around. He's sleepy. He didn't get enough sleep. <laughs> <laughs> But no, Nero is a Hall of Fame Olympic level dirtbag. So I would say he he definitely narrowly edges out Caligula. I think, like we were talking on the last episode, I think although you know Caligula was clearly crazy and should never have been in that position, but Nero was sadistic. Like he he was nefarious. He knew what he was doing. You know what I mean? He was calculating. Yeah, it's like the Joker. He just wanted to see the world burn. Yeah. You know? Would you rather that have somebody who's yeah. you know just yeah? Do you want a, a, a psycho that you can predict is just gonna do like the most random shit? Like, all right, well, I know whatever happens with Caligula, like it's gonna be weird. I know that, and I have to be on my toes. Nero, it's like you know a, a North Korean dictator. You had to be careful, like what you said. You had yeah. to, you know, watch if you gave him a weird look, like you're going to be fed to some lions or some shit. Like, just, no, he sucks, dude. No, no, I'm pass on Nero. He, <laughs> he gets to the next round off pure suckitude. I had this whole thing planned out about how Calig- Caligula was this whole incestual relationship with his sister. He wanted to appoint mm-hmm. his horse as a council. He pretty much <laughs> yeah. was looking like a, a, a person who had literally gone mad in power. Versus uh-huh. a butthurt Romulan played by Eric Ben. <laughs> but then I figured that it wasn't actually Nero from Star Trek, and now I'm going to lean towards Nero. So ignore it. Nero's a jerk. <laughs> My vote is for Nero. I like that. Have I have I earned have I earned a, have I earned a spot back? Yeah, no, the the Roman Emperor, not the Romulan Renegade. Okay. Oh my god, that was so good. But that was that was great. You get points just for that. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, if you're interested in voting, uh, check out our social media. Uh, we'll have the poll on Twitter at epicfails.com dot com spelled out epic with a K because I had to be complicated. Uh, <laughs> curious to see how this this turns out over the next month. Epic wins of history. And then up next, we have Epic Winds of History. History, history, history. <laughs> In Spurs. Uh, so on this segment, we showcase an unsung hero of history that everyone should know about. And for this month, we have Sybil Luddington. Everyone knows about Paul Revere. Real quick, Eric, do you know who Israel Bissell is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You should I mention think of him. his name earlier. Because, yeah, he's the one that rode. He rode from, like, New York State to Cambridge, warning people. Paul Revere rode, like, three and a half miles. Paul Revere actually didn't ride. He was a drunk piece of shit. And, like, yeah. oh, 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 I have to go. I have to go. <laughs> yeah. He rode the shortest out of, like, six people that ran off to warn folks. And I think three of them literally went to like the first tavern they could find and were like, Oh, go warn everybody. I'm tired. And then yeah. Sybil Israel Bissell. And then there was one other one who didn't go as far, but these two went like far as crap, just screaming out to everybody trying to do what the idea was, which is to go as far as you could and let as many people know as possible. So it was just interesting that, um, basically all the stuff Paul Revere got credit for back in the day was actually somebody else. Yeah. There were several other people like this. Um, Sybil herself was pretty impressive. 
Uh, she was only 16 at the time, and on April 26, 1777, she rode 40 miles throughout the night in the rain through what is now Putnam County, New York, to alert the colonists to the burning of Danbury in Connecticut. And she actually ended up riding twice as far as Paul Revere. Unfortunately, there's not a lot known about her today, uh, but there have been statues, books, and stamps made in her honor. The main reason more people know about Paul Revere's ride is because of the poem that depicts him as a larger-than-life hero. But the poem isn't exactly historically accurate either. And it was written 30 years after the damn thing happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And up next, we got listener feedback. This new segment's called You've Got Hate Mail. <laughs> You've got hate mail. <laughs> You've got hate mail. <laughs> so um, I like to start with some negative comments before getting into the positive stuff, just for fun, you know. Uh, so this was actually in response to an older article of mine on the website on the blog. This was 11 Famous Pharaohs. And the person wrote, this article was shit. Whoever wrote this is an envious asshole. And you completely made a joke out of the most famous, prosperous, and godly civilization in the history of humanity. This is shameful. Do you have someone from Egypt who hates you? <laughs> Apparently. I'm making enemies all over the world. <laughs> Could you give a little insight of what this article was about? The uh, Obviously, the 11, 11 so, famous pharaohs. But what, what in this article do you think was, quote, shit? So I think what it was, was they didn't understand the nature of my blog, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, kind of talking about history, but in with a humor. lighthearted way. Yeah, right. with humor. And I guess oh. they found that offensive, uh, but they didn't so, really understand what I was doing. So, so they don't they understand humor and they can't understand people's opinions. Oh, and I would also well. say they don't understand what famous, prosperous or godly means because it was not, <laughs> it was neither the most famous nor the most prosperous, yeah. nor the most godly. So, so I, I only <laughs> strike three, asshole. So this guy, I only mentioned that it might be an anti, like he might be Egyptian because they are very uh, yeah. protective. protective of their civilization now. Well, you, could we're be. not. We are in no way making that assumption. We're just thinking that you're an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's far less offensive than attacking your race. I so I did respond to the guy. I basically like a apologize and kind of explain that it's you know a humorous uh, take on history and all that so. did, yeah. did they respond yeah, fair, you can't please may, everyone they may, they may everyone. have just not understood and then hopefully saw your comment and hopefully were like oh so we'll give them a little bit of uh i'm not gonna say credit but yeah slack it, I guess. you know this is to be expected if you if you have ever looked at the comments on youtube videos yeah you're always gonna find some vitriol no matter or twitter what you post, for god's so. sake twitter yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> Like it's on Eric. In all fairness, you do have a picture of one of the um, Transformers in your article. So, maybe... <laughs> like I said, I don't, you know, but that's like what the blog is, you know. It's, yeah. it's we're having fun, you know. This isn't school, dickhead. So, on the other end of the spectrum, we got a five star review on iTunes from I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's, it's Nas, Nas versus vers- J. Yeah, Nas versus Na- Jay Z. Na- Nas versus. Oh, okay. Nos oh, Nos yeah. Versus, it's okay. Nas versus Jay. I just told him. Got thrown up it. old school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. So they wrote Epic Podcast with a K. Eric's passion for history is super transparent and second only to his commitment to producing an enjoyable listening experience. Aw. Aw. They really like me. That's, That's sweet. As a sometimes nice. guest I, on this show, I really appreciate that. 
one one question. One question. Sure. Who the fuck is still using iTunes? Well, it's iTunes the only way Apple to rate podcasts. podcasts nowadays. You really have to do that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. What, there's no iTunes, way around it. iTunes doesn't I don't use exist. It. Uh, well, it kind of does. I have it on my computer, but uh, Apple Podcasts. It, I guess I guess I need yes. to start calling it Apple Podcasts because it's the okay. same thing. Yeah, they just rebranded. Yeah. My bad. I'm old. Yeah, fat. don't like don't that. feel too bad. I'm still but living yes, in no, the late. In, I'm still living in, in the early 2000s. <laughs> okay. In general, it's the only way to get new podcasts out there is the ratings on Apple Podcasts is and 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 now Spotify, but you can't rate on Spotify. So. Mm. Yep. Yep. Uh, we also got a comment uh, from Daniel Peter Hitch from the UK. He's the host of the Temporal Trek podcast and author of a book series called Bubbles Pirate. <laughs> he wrote in on Instagram. Nice. He said, Yar, they be not walking no planks, matey. That be one of them fish stories that thar landlubber made up, Captain Charlie Johnson. Not to be forgetting the popular pirate accent itself comes from the West Country-born Rob Newton, who be playing Long John Silver in 1950s Treasure Island. He also goes on to say that his favorite pirate is actually uh, Shing-Chi, who we mentioned earlier. And yeah, shout out to Daniel. He's pretty awesome. Uh, actually, you have checked out his podcast. It's pretty great. What he's doing, it's it's kind of random, kind of like how Too Young for this trek just tackles Star Trek in a totally random order. But he is going in chronological order, including time travel and everything. That's so it's that's, bonkers. Oh, so wait, not love. like not like episodes, but story. No, no, but yeah. like yeah, including time by travel. Actual, so if they go back to the 1940s, if they yeah, if they go back to the 1940s for like half an episode, he covers that first, and then like years later, he'll get to that episode. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and then cover the parts that take place in the future. So he's going literally chronologically. It's hilarious. I love it. Um, can we also take a minute to uh, thank Long John Sobers for their cracklins and the good cod? It's delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. It's pure. Also, we should mention great. one more time that Daniel's podcast is the Temporal Trek podcast. So people should check yes, it out. The Temporal Trek book series podcast. is Bubbles the Pirate. There, there will be a mm. link in the show notes because he's good. Without so. a doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for everyone writing in, including that guy that hates my guts. Uh, <laughs> do you guys have anything to plug today? Uh, we got new episodes of Comic Zombie coming out soon. One just dropped today. We got another one recorded, and we're going to be recording another one here soon. Obviously, we have a lot of... Hopefully with Zach. Yes, hopefully. And then uh, we have... Um, what? Podcasters Assemble. <laughs> it's like, this is the first I've heard of this. Podcasters disassemble will be be. I know the first episode's out, but uh, the first like I don't know what you'd call it, like the actual movie episode yes. where we focus on Rogue One will be. We, mm-hmm. We're going to record that probably in two weeks because yeah. at, at the end of this, I'm going on vacation and I don't have time to record it next week. So the week sure. after that, we will record Rogue One, and that will be the official podcast disassembled episode. So that will drop yeah. two weeks ish from now. Which I don't know when this episode gets released, so uh, magic. <laughs> yeah, this symbol might be out first. <laughs> Through the magic of temporal a... traveling? Mm, temp- <laughs> there you Why go. don't you go look there up go. Podcasters Assembled, and then there may be a spinoff called Disassembled. Maybe. Which may or may not have a logo designed by somebody in this room. There, There is a logo. <laughs> there, that, That's confirmed. That we know. It's a pretty badass logo. So yeah. Oh, badass is an understatement. 
Hi, Justin Aki, graphic designer and one half of Significant Autico. Um, <laughs> uh, I am uh, a frequent contributor on Podcasters Assembled. Uh, I recently just t- tried to help with a rebrand on Podcasters Assembled and the new brand for Podcasters Disassembled. You've seen, seen some of the logos now on our social medias. Yeah, uh, I'm currently I'm buried in doing right some now, freelance on some uh, other books, and I'm actually doing uh, my like seventh edition of a computer book, so that's why I haven't done a lot of graphic nice. design recently. Sorry, guys. So- nice. <laughs> Dude, Justin is the busiest person I know, and I feel really bad giving him extra work, but I mean, he's awesome. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a dick like that. <laughs> <laughs> I see that you're not sleeping. All right, so. Zach, the floor is yours. Oh God, I what? I don't do anything. I I do nothing. Sure you do. No, I don't. You've been on like what? sixty podcasts in the last and month. You, you're on the freaking radio, dude. <laughs> okay, Jesus. So I I don't have my own podcast. Yeah, guest all over the place. The yet. Uh, so I you don't I need your own the, podcast if you're on 17 podcasts sir it's true it's true <laughs> i i'm on the neat cast where we talk about news and sports and spook, spooky cryptid stuff and random things to help take your mind off the chaos of the world that's going on uh you look up the neat cast i sometimes appear on effing cultured because you look around and you know what i could use a little culture in my life yeah i feel like i should get it's about time i get cultured and that's what fn cultured is and every once in a while once a month we get drunk and we watch a um a movie that is probably rotten on rotten tomatoes and we try to figure <laughs> out if it's rotten or not like masters, like of, masters the universe. of the universe yeah that was and a great episode <laughs> spoiler alert it's f***ing rotten but you should still go and listen <laughs> you should still listen to the episode because i'm toasted during it um and then eric and i recorded the pilot to podcasters disassembled the spin-off That's of right. podcasters assemble uh where we, we he and i are just shooting the shit but we are going to do rogue one coming up and we get a lot of good um spin-offs from podcasters assemble and I just, mm-hmm. I just, I just run around and do stuff. So uh, thank you for having me on Epic Fails. This has been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, of course. No, this has been great. I've never sounded like I know what the fuck's going on, but thanks to you, <laughs> I did. So thank you. I'm Eric. in the same boat, man. I never know what I'm doing. I just kind of go with the flow, just roll with it. All right. <laughs> well, this this has been a blast. See, people seem to think that I have my shit together. I definitely don't. Well, I can say that you do. Aw. No, but seriously, thank you so much for coming on to the show. This has been great. We'll definitely have to have you back real soon. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome job. Justin was great as always, too. Hopefully we'll have less notes. I would love to come back and make more awful jokes at the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Yeah.
Uh, if you want to learn more about pirates, I highly recommend Netflix's documentary series, The Lost Pirate Kingdom. They, they really delve into like the actual facts, but it, they keep it interesting. It's like, it's one of those documentaries where they act things out. So it's actually, you know, pretty cool. Also the book, The Republic of Pirates by Colin Woodard, uh, which I read a few years back, recently revisited on Audible. Great stuff. Really gives you a good overview of this whole era. It's uh, definitely, I think, the quintessential book on pirates out there. So next episode, we're talking about the Salem Witch Trials <gasps> and Vlad the Impaler. Vlad Tepish of Wallachia. Really? So stay tuned. You're, you're coming what? to New England? I'm excited. I should use this as a business expense and just go record up in Massachusetts. That'd be fun. We can record in a graveyard. Well, we're yeah. a burned out church. And don't forget the sure. uh, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Fag video game, because it actually it really is pretty accurate as far as oh, the death Oh, yeah, no, definitely. They, they did their research. <laughs> I think the Assassin's Creed games have done a really great job. Yes, they're entertainment, but they've done a really good job of portraying history and kind of getting people interested in the past. So, Again, yes. if you want to know what it's like to be a Sons of Anarchy motorcycle gang member, <laughs> that game. Don't watch the show. So good. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for more epic fails of history. Mm, I got to scurvy again. Thank you for listening to Epic Fails of History. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. You can follow me on social media at Eric Slater. Eric with a K. Slater with a D. And be sure to check out our other great shows from the Probably Work Network, like Too Young for This Trek, Comic Zombie, and Podcasters Assemble. Music and jingles produced by Deft Stroke Sound. This episode was edited by Eric Slater. Are you doing Salem Witch Trials? That's awesome. Have fun with that. I'm actually related to one of the the wharf masters. Apparently, I think it's like Elias oh, Haskett Derby was down there during the Salem witch trials. He was a wharf master. No way. He's like one of the wealthiest people in Salem post revolutionary nice. war. Where the f the money went, I don't know. I don't get it. But <laughs> <laughs> I know how that is. Um, Thanks a lot, great 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 grandfather. Yeah, I so, went to Salem many years ago in high school, and I did the tour, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of history there, but it's... Uh, everyone oh, from up north does that, because my wife is I, from Rhode Island and did the same thing. So. Everyone Yeah, there's like a church it. that they converted into a museum, I want to say, or is it a court? Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a church that's in the museum, and it's, it's a very boring tour, according to everybody it I is, fucking know. No, it's, it, it's uh, you know, I was in. It depends kind of on your age. Honestly, it depends on your age. You go into high school, you're Yeah, I was pretty young. You go now... Uh, if I, I go back nerd, to Salem, though. Mass now, I would. Well, you know what? You're special. If you go now, you're going to have a lot of fun. But you know, in high school, nice. it could be. Yeah, it, it's kind of hit or miss. I yeah, played the original dry. Among Us oh. Town of Salem, which is based on the game Mafia, and it's <laughs> yes, shit. yes, so. both of those are correct. You know, the greatest witch trial of all time is, of course, is in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. She's a witch. Yeah. How do we oh. know she's a witch? So if what else she. Knows? Weighs more than a duck, then she's made of wood. She floats, and therefore build a, build a bridge out of her. Yeah, I love that. What so else much. floats in water? Yeah, churches. 
very small rocks. Churches, churches. Lead, lead. A duck. That movie never gets old. No, it really doesn't. It's quite it's ridiculous fantastic. how I've been laughing about the same stupid ass movie since like 1987. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at Probably Work for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called probablywork.com. So, yeah, on that note, welcome back to Epic Fails of History. Uh, to di- oh, sorry. F- up already. <laughs> <laughs> I already had too Amazing. much rum, I guess. No. <laughs> well, we talked about uh, the so, golden age. No, go ahead. Yeah. No, you got this. Yeah, transition us. You got this. I'm throwing (laughs) you the ball. All right. Fumble. Long after the Grand Republic. That's a whole other story for a whole (laughs) other group of podcasts. (laughs) (sighs) That was brilliant. Was it? Because I got a sigh out of Justin, so I don't know. I like it. Now, also... No, (laughs) that's all that matters. Damnation seize my soul if I give you quarters or take any from you. Jack, that did you want to retry that part? It was really good for the first few letters, and then you like turn into a plantation owner. I think I'm like way too tipsy for this. <laughs> yeah, I don't my know. damnation, oh my! You, you're either right. not tipsy enough say. or too tipsy. All right, you're like damnation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep drinking. I can't, I can't steal your thunder, Eric. This is my Hold first one. time. I'm, I might up. be able to yell it. I'm still sober enough for this shit. Let's try. <laughs> Good oh, luck, man. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm gonna sit back and drink. Yeah, yeah my crotch be itchy. Mm. I done shit myself on the poop deck. I have termites in me leg. <laughs> I not speak me wooden with a one. Southern accent. Eat your veggies. I am not at all attractive. <laughs> I've always said Caribbean. Caribbean. Uh, He mutinied and hijacked. uh, Sorry, can't read today. Apparently, I'm too drunk. I'm actually uh, sober. I'll be making a drink soon. (laughs) I'll catch (laughs) up. Ah, Kaido wins. Beauty. It's almost done, and I got another drink. And when this is done, I will play some uh, Grand Theft Auto Five again. Fourteen pages. You better thank us because this is not fun (laughs) at all. This has been (laughs) grueling. I have not been behaving or enjoying myself drinking alcohol. What the (laughs) Eric? The worst way to spend my Friday. I've enjoyed plays more. Honest to God, I could not hang out with my toddler. (laughs) (laughs) He's hopefully passed out upstairs. I think maybe possibly. I hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we're good. All right. All right. So, Blackbeard, I love. Sorry. Oh, fing A, Eric. God. <laughs> I just ignore me. Here we go. What? Wait, what? <laughs> I need an adult? <laughs> Chris gets it. We, Chris we gets don't it. be yeah. doing that around here. <laughs> we're done with no, the they... segment on the Catholic Church. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the Queen Anne's Revenge. Uh, it was originally called La Concorde. It was originally a French slave frigate that he uh, uh, re, re uh, what do you call it? Uh, words escape me. Rescued, released. No. <laughs> Reused, recycled. No, I'll, I'll remodel the ship. <laughs> <I> remodel. <laughs> Here's his slave ship. I think of pimp my ride. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't, I don't know. So here's my bathroom. Here's my bedroom. Here's the hangout for the kids. I, I, I've never here's heard my three car. So, Queen Anne's Revenge was featured on Cribs last week. <laughs> All right. I think so, the, the Shark Tank uh, on your deck is redundant. Oh, okay. I don't know about you guys. I am having a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> been... uh, back in uh, 1580, he became the very first English captain to successfully... The f*** is this word? Holy circumnavigate. shit. Circumnavigate. 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 <laughs> it means going around the globe. <laughs> I, I've never seen that spelled oh, out, so there's a lot of glorious. things in my head. We're going to restart this. Hold on. <laughs> Eric, add this into your edits. Oh man, this is gonna be in the blooper reel for sure. Yeah, oh boy, I can't wait till I'm editing shit till later. <clears throat> yeah, I, for whatever reason, I can't like focus on the facts and do voices at the same time. Like it's a different part of my brain. So <laughs> that makes sense. You've got to use the smart part of your brain and the dumb part of your brain. So it's okay. It doesn't, but that's okay. Acting too much rum. In 1580, he became the very first English captain to successfully circumnavigate the globe and was a war who helped defeat the Spanish Armada. Oh, shit. That makes no sense. <laughs> I, he was a war, but and was a war hero who helped defeat the Spanish Armada. I read that perfectly the first yeah, time. Yeah, we Fuck you, anyone who judges me for not reading that perfectly. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh, God. Eric, you know... I really, he was a I really war. enjoy this. I'm having a wonderful time. Uh, my name is Ron Burgundy. F*** you, San Diego. No. God damn it. I'm in a glass case of emotion. Yar. I be you from Ireland. So <laughs> Yar. You walk the plank, you leprechaun. For no, I wasn't. Okay. On... No, I was not going there. <laughs> I'm just editing all that out. Yeah, it's probably smart. <laughs> this will not be in the bloopers. No, it won't. <laughs> Epic um, fails after party. Oh no, not Boston. Oh. That, that that's where I'm. I'm not far from there. Don't. You're not from Boston. He's from New Hampshire. I'm like an hour. I'm an hour north. It's okay. Yeah. Well, I'm an hour south of Georgia, but I wouldn't be offended if someone was like burn Georgia. I actually really uh, like Boston. Sherman tried I, that. Yeah, no, I, li I like Boston. I'm not. I'm not on. No, I'm, I'm just. I'm just a joke, you guys. I don't have any problem with Boston. I was no, trying I to play along with it, and it didn't work. So yeah. we'll cut this whole. We all thing. failed. We failed at humor. Jesus Christ! We had one job, Eric, and we failed miserably. I, I am so sorry. Well, You're looks good. like it's suicide again for me. Uh, I'm going to walk the plank. Oh wait, that's not real. That's not even <laughs> that's real. That's not a thing. I can't even yeah, do okay. that. I even failed in imagination. This is the end of Zach's podcasting career. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <That's it. laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I need a breath after that. What just happened? I didn't know a person who oh, was a war before. So. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'll shut up. Okay. All right. Zach, you have the floor. What? No, it's me. Um, okay, <laughs> you got to re. Did you reread it? I did. Re I'll reread it again if you want. No, sure. he, he finished. It, it was. Oh, yeah. I did okay, finish. Yeah. I we finished. Were all everywhere. Do you want me to reread it? 
I can do that. No, too. it's fine. You're good. Okay. <laughs> I, I just didn't hear the last. I was laughing too hard. <laughs> All right. So nice stay tuned back. for more. What's that? I'm sorry. I didn't know you were talking. <laughs> oh, I am definitely feeling the rum on this one. So skipping past this cuttable segment, let's go on to. <laughs> so I just realized we're still recording. Eric, I figured you were doing this on purpose. Oh, and crap. I'm so glad I got all of this. <laughs> <laughs> My blackmail folder grows. <laughs> it begins.